everybody happy wednesday to all of you and you and you and yours as well as yours over there and you guys over here and you guys right around the corner there i see you i know where you are i know where you live good morning this morning everybody happy monday tiger woods is back what else could you possibly ask for? How about some more charges against Kavanaugh? You want some of those? You got those, right? Good morning, everybody. Yeah, now they've enlisted uh, Ronan Farrow in their smear job. Did you guys notice that or not? But uh, that was the latest, like, because Kavanaugh exposed himself or something, and <laughs> nobody is corroborating it. Everybody says they didn't see it. And, and, and most people are like, uh, this is nothing to see here. This thing is slowly becoming the laughing stock of Washington, DC. Uh, and you've got people on the Sunday shows, including Stephanopoulos and people like that, who are still trying to push this thing because this is, this is really just about the, uh, midterms. This is about trying to tarnish the president's, the possible run again in 2020, which, of course, he's going to be running again in 2020. And this is all nothing about her, everything about politics. And also, have you heard about the myth of the white suburban female voter, that one? Yeah, they keep on bringing this up. They have no facts to back themselves up in any way, shape or form. In fact, polls are showing that when these individuals are polled, they believe Kavanaugh. They don't believe the woman. And once again, so far, no one at this party corroborates her story at all. 
then Ronan Farrow and these guys come out with this uh, new allegation, and I got to tell you, it's just they've they've tried their best at, at this point to just simply en- enlist Ronan Farrow because they know he's credible in the Me Too movement, and he's been there down the block, and now. This Ronan Farrow and Jane Meyer, they're about to, you know, report this story, and it's in the New Yorker, and state Democrats, this time in New York, are deciding they're going to be the ones who are going to be trying to look at the possibility that there was some expose himself or whatever, and folks, this isn't going anywhere Either Because so far, even as Breitbart's reporting this morning, most of these people who are know him and are with him said there's no such thing as this story happening. And these Yale classmates are all like, this is b- totally baloney. In fact, the woman who's making the allegation admits she was drunk. So it's this is ridiculous, people. Do any of you, by the way, I wouldn't even remember if I was at a party – what party I was at in college for crying out loud. And Kavanaugh's around my age, maybe even younger, but a 1982 party there at Yale. So she admits that she has a lot of gaps in her memories regarding the uh, college party that she's talking about. Her allegations come six days after consulting with a Democratic lawyer and other persons that she says were at the party are denying her account. And even her her own college best friend is like, I never heard of that. Nobody's ever come forward to tell me about that. But this is the story we're getting from Ronan Farrow and Jane Meyer. And again, it's only because Ronan Farrow is now being enlisted as another dupe in the attempts to uh, to bring down Kavanaugh. Now we do know that the Grassley and those guys did cave, and they did wind up saying she can testify Thursday. And again, this whole idea of even Kavanaugh testifying first was just incredible to begin with. So uh, since when? Since when does the accused have to be the one that goes up there and takes the questions first? I mean, in any court of law, in any venue at all, you'd imagine that the people who would be making the allegation would bring their case first and then have the individuals who are charged defended. It seems like it's pretty common there. I I don't know why I'm seemingly having to go through this and tell you this, but uh, in Washington is not anything similar to regular life. And we even saw that uh, on Friday when President Trump was in Springfield and we got some cuts from that that apparently was a huge event. There are people telling me that there were lines, lines, lines of people waiting to see the president. And so this is all uh, this has all been going swimmingly for the president and beyond. And most people in our neck of the woods are just like, ho-hum, let's get this thing over with. Stop with your little Washingtonian circle jerks and let's move on. In the meantime, though, that didn't stop the folks there at the uh, at the Stephanopoulos show on ABC this week. And, of course, these folks are... Keep in mind, Stephanopoulos was the one who enlisted Hillary in her smear campaign of the people making allegations against Bill Clinton. I don't know whether you uh, realize that. I dealt with that a little bit last week. 
But that's uh, exactly what he was up to back during the Clinton days. And now suddenly, I guess, apparently, uh, he's believing everybody. Anybody who comes forward, he can't even believe that uh, Kavanaugh is being believed. It's kind of uh, amazing. Here you go. Here's about uh, two minutes of All of, it. of the other witnesses have said this did not happen. He said a couple of different things about it. I think she said she, the Leland said she wasn't at the party, but she also said she believes uh, Dr. Ford. But I take your point right there. You said categorically that the allegation against Judge Kavanaugh is false. But how do you know that? Most women are not looking at this politically. I'm going to reiterate. I mean, here, here's what's interesting is that Stephanopoulos, even admitting in his own book that he helped Hillary Clinton try to bury these women who were accusing Bill Clinton. And here he is basically saying that Kavanaugh must be decided to be guilty before proven innocent. And that's pretty amazing to me coming from – it'd be different if it was just some hack out there and there are plenty of them. But when you are – George Stephanopoulos, and you oversaw the crushing of women who came forward to talk about Bill Clinton and and basically abjectly pointed out the fact that they were absolutely in no way, shape, or form to be believed. And now suddenly this, interesting. They're looking at this as if they're finally voice is going right. to be heard right. and if they're going to be believed. For 5,000 years, <laughs> women have been treated as property. For centuries, by institutions, including the Catholic Church, which I'm a member of, they've been treated as second-class citizens. Wow. This is one of the guys there, one of their, uh, Matthew Dowd, he's a, he's a, he's a Republican. <laughs> Can you believe this guy's a Republican? And listen, I have no doubt that uh, over periods of time, women have been mistreated. I don't think that there's any, any doubt about, about that. I mean, women not even getting the, the right to vote until the turn of the century there is kind of unbelievable. But that's kind of how also, if you look at the context of it, there were a lot of women, the society was kind of a different society then. And there were even some women up until the suffragette movement who were, didn't care whether they were involved. They felt like politics in any way, shape or form was kind of a dirty uh, enterprise anyway, and they didn't want anything to do with it. I'm not excusing denying women the right to vote. I'm just saying that for a time, uh, keep in mind it took the suffragettes to kind of bring it forward. So I'm, you know, again, this is way over the top for Matthew Dowd, and he's just pandering at this point. But I'll let him. I'll let him rip anyway because he's. This is money. Women right have here. been treated as property for centuries by institutions, including the Catholic Church, which I'm a member of, they've been treated as second-class citizens. Women didn't get the right to vote in this country until 1920, even though they were told in the 1780s that all, all men are created equal in this. We get it. Uh, this is such an interesting thing to talk about from a historical perspective because there, applying a 2018 societal standard to a 1780 societal standard or even an 1820, 1840, 1860, 1890, 1900 standard is impossible. I mean, I, th I think that there, there, were, there were certain people who accepted certain roles. And in fact, women were, even during the pioneer days, were among the, the toughest uh, of society because they were the ones who were raising children and taking care of the house and uh, dad would be out working or whatever. Uh, but they worked a hundred times harder than daddy did. And, and they were 
women were revered uh, by uh, these these individuals. And, and I know that there wasn't really – that it was kind of an odd state of affairs. I get that. I'm not excusing women being so-called second-class citizens or whatever, but I think there were people who were accepting their roles back in those days, and that's kind of how they – how they did it. And, and I think to try to apply that standard and then make Kavanaugh guilty because of it is a little bit of a stretch. Again, I'm not defending denying women the right to vote, but there was a time in this society where women were uh, more than happy to accept the roles that they had. Now, I don't know whether they were more than happy to, but uh, I, I will tell you there was just people were falling in line. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just telling you that that's kind of how things that's kind of how things fleshed out back in the back in the old days, and I'm not defending it. I just don't think that it's something that you can just simply add on to the list of of, of sexual abuse. Let's put it that way. And also, by the way, the Catholic Church uh, treating women as secondhand citizens. You do realize that. I mean, there's a reason why, for instance. Uh, well, do I really have to get into this? Gee whiz. I mean, why, why, why do I have to explain a guy, uh, this, this Dowd guy, who has zero comprehension of the Catholic Church? Uh, and and <laughs> b- believe me, <laughs> I, I don't know. Father Tom, you got to be laughing at this because it's, it's so hard to, uh, to explain this. It's so hard to believe that, that if, if, if you're not Catholic and you don't know about the Catholic Church – uh, sometimes people looking at it from the outside don't understand things about the Catholic Church. They don't understand, for instance, and you, you don't have to agree with it, which kind of probably makes you Protestant. That's where the Protestants came from. You know, they wanted to divorce, whatever. All I'm saying is uh, I'll explain this just for a second here because now I don't want to have to get into the whole Catholic Church thing, but since Matthew Dowd pointed out, I'll get let, let you hear what second he class to say. citizens. Women didn't get the right to vote in this country until 1920, even though they were told in the 1780s that all all men are created equal in this. Women have dealt with this for hundreds and hundreds of years, and the question is: is will they be believed when they when they when they actively accuse a powerful man? And this, this is such bull crap from Dowd. It makes me want to just slap him. But let me get to the. Because Matthew Dowd is claiming that because women didn't have the right to vote, we must believe a woman who's claiming that she was groped by Kavanaugh, which is idiotic to say the very least. And because women are nuns in the Catholic Church and not priests, that somehow we have to believe a woman who claims she was groped by Brett Kavanaugh. This is the most ridiculous crap I've ever seen. couple things. There are reasons why there are not women priests. And that be, that's because there are, and I'm going to put this very simply, and Father Tom, forgive me if I'm, you know, I'm not explaining this uh, in, in precise detail, but women are not priests in the Catholic Church because the disciples of Christ were men. And, and that's why. That's primarily the reason why that the disciples of Christ were all male, and uh, therefore there are no women priests in the Catholic Church. And, and there never will be. Just, just so you know, there, there never will be. It, it will cease to become the Catholic Church if women become priests in the Catholic Church. There never will be. 
and 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 women as priests in the Catholic Church doesn't change. There's there's no argument that can be made that that, that changes the Catholic Church at all. Uh, that, that 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 would that would modify the Catholic Church at all. So yes, the the apostles were all male, and so the priests are all male. It's pretty simple. There will be no female priests in the Catholic Church, and that's the way it is. Now, keep in mind that we are the that we are the one faith, or the Catholic Church is the one faith that actually one of the most important people in the faith is a woman. Just so you know, um, Mary, and I know that people think that oh. Uh, the Catholic Church, that, that's not right because the, the Catholic Church uh, worships Mary. It's like, no, uh, we do not as Catholics. It is not in any Catholic Church teaching that we worship Mary alongside Christ. That doesn't, that's not how it works. Uh, Mary is an intercessor, uh, much like she was an intercessor at the wedding of Cana where uh, they ran out of wine. And you know who they went to, to get the wine? You know who they asked? Hey, listen, can you can you turn this, get us more wine? They went to Mary to get more wine. They they went to her. I mean, I, and I realize that's kind of a oversimplification, but that's she's an intercessor. No one ever worships Mary in the Catholic Church. But keep in mind, Mary is clearly one of the most revered uh, parts and people in the Catholic Church. It's a woman. So you know. And, of course, the nuns have been, the uh, orders have been unbelievable in terms of, uh, in terms of what they've been able, what they do and, and the backbone of the church. It's, 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 very, it's very simple. And, and also priests will, uh, in all likelihood, never, be, never get married. It's, it's um, first of all, it doesn't solve any problems at all. And 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 it's and priests are married to the Catholic Church. That's that's how it all goes. Um, that's that's how it all happens. Women priests. The design is that they get married to the Catholic Church. And some people are like, well, no wonder they get they get molest people. It's like, no, no, I, I, they should be. Maybe there's <laughs> this is the funniest part. Maybe to resolve the. Uh, the molestation problem, we just let priests get married. It's one of the funniest arguments I've, I've heard in heaven knows how long. And one of the most ridiculous ones. And usually, like, you can tell, like, Matthew Dowd is so full of crap. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, he would probably posit that as well if he was asked. Because these people who try to, like, figure things out with the Catholic Church. It's fun watching them try to figure it out because they, they, they have zero idea of what they're talking about. But yeah, maybe if we would just, you know, marry the priests off, they would not molest kids. It's like, do you understand, by the way, that, 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 that people who are molesting kids aren't doing so... Uh, Aren't doing so just because there to be a good woman around. I mean, I don't know what kind of fool would even believe that for a second. Well, maybe if he just had a wife, he wouldn't have to molest that nine-year-old. It's like, no, that's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But people still promote that kind of thing. 
and I don't mean to go off in terms of the Catholic Church here, but since Matthew Dowd brought up the Catholic Church as an example of female oppression, uh, I, I have to address that. I mean, that has to be addressed. And since Matthew Dowd brought up the fact that uh, women aren't priests and instead are nuns, that they're automatically second-class citizens in the church, and therefore Brett Kavanaugh ought to be booted out because the woman's telling the truth about being sexually abused. Sorry, I got to stand here and tell you that's a bunch of crap. I have to, I have to say that. And these people, this is why, I, I'm sorry, I do go through clips of the shows, uh, but this is why I don't watch these shows. I, I could never sit there. First of all, I could never devote one heartbeat of my life to sitting in front of a television set and watching these fools. There's no way. It's time I will never get back. It's, it's, I could think of 10 million things that I would rather be doing than sitting in front of a TV and devoting any kind of awakeness to these people. I would never sit around and watch these shows. It, it, it's, it's bad enough I'm playing you um, the, uh, the sound bites themselves. But I, but I don't. Do any of you really, do you guys sit around and watch these shows? Because I don't know how you do it. I don't know how, you, I don't know how you, you watch these people sling this kind of, of dung all day long. I don't know how you do it if you do. I don't know. I don't know how you could possibly sit there and and watch these guys, but I I can't. This that's why I can't. I'd be I would be screaming at this television. I'd shoot the TV. I'd be like Elvis. I'd be going. I'd have a stack of TVs with a uh, uh, with a with a with holes in them while I'm while I'm eating my banana and peanut butter sandwich. That's what I'd start doing. Because I because I I could be I would be screaming at this TV right now, and you know, then I'd shoot the TV. It would alarm the kids, probably, and and they wouldn't be able to watch Bubble Guppies. So, and I wouldn't be able to watch baseball highlights. So I, I don't know. So I I I I would have to have like a spare TV, and I, I don't need it. Why Why would I have a spare TV? But man, I would, I would, would shoot this TV if I heard if I heard these babbling the where these yes, the babbling in this idiots. until 1920, even though they were told in the 1780s that all oh. all men are created equal in this. Women have dealt with this for hundreds and hundreds of years. Matthew and, Dowd thinks he's going to go home and be worshipped by his by all the question is, is women. Is, in his will life, they be believed when they when they when they actively accuse a powerful man? And this is a moment where yes, the presumption of innocence is a standard and something that we need to do. But part of the problem is that we've also said we presume in these cases that the woman, in most cases, the woman is lying. So instead of saying, let's presume... Oh, yeah, right. That's what we've been doing. That's, that, that's what we've been doing for the past two and a half weeks is presuming the woman is lying? No. Brett Kavanaugh has gone through friggin' hell. And so have all of us because we have actually taken the woman seriously. At first, and, and now as we watch her story crumble and crater, and, 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 and now it's like, now you can't even, you can't possibly believe this woman. 
she, there's no one who corroborates her story. And this idea somehow that, that she's presumed to be lying. Oh, my goodness. Have you, have you guys gotten the sense that she's presumed to be lying? Because I don't know what, I don't know what TV show uh, skinheads watching here, but, there, there's, but I, she, she's, she has been in the news media uh, held up as, as uh, her story being ironclad. Now, have I presumed her to be lying? Yeah. Because she couldn't, because of the circumstances, you wouldn't be able to get any of this through any kind of normal court at all, making allegations like this. I mean, it, it does not pass the smell test at all, the way this thing came about, this, this, this family polygraph test. By the way, does she have like some kind of family polygrapher? You know, like we have a dentist or a doctor. Let's go to the family polygrapher, shall we? Yeah, it's like what what they do get get the uh get some kind of uh you know, home polygraph kit or something from Walgreens. Do they have those? I'd get one probably just for the heck of it. Use it on the kids just to see what's going on. I know, I I don't know. I do they have one of those? Because she's she she so she goes to some family polygrapher who takes the we don't even know what the questions are. You know, I, I realized what we were supposed to do early on, and of course I, I failed that test. We were supposed to say, you know, uh, hey, uh, it's the Me Too movement. Uh, women must be heard and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, let's hear her. But we did. So we did hear her. And it's not our fault that her wasn't the voice we were listening to, but it was her Vagina hat wearing, left wing member of the resistance lawyer that we were listening to. And it wasn't her, but it was Diane Feinstein we were listening to and her Toto or whatever the hell, her Reno or whatever the hell her name is from Hawaii, telling all men to uh, stand up and shut up or shut up and stand up. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? So unfortunately, uh, all of her little emissaries out there have ruined her story too. The fact that she doesn't really have anything is pretty clear. And then they then they want uh, Kavanaugh to testify first. It's like, okay, you you're you got to be kidding me. So no wonder nobody nobody believes her. And by the way, suburban white women don't believe her. Oh, this this is gonna bring. I've heard how many. By the way. Do, you, do do any of you know what's going on with this, or is this just what part? If I could get to, if I could get to the Democrat Party, you know, inside scoop on their talking points, all the memos that they they put out and everything else, I guarantee you, and and the Never Trumpers, by the way, because they share their their points of view. I think uh, one of these individuals, uh, somebody wrote somewhere along the line. That you need to hammer home this idea that Republicans are in trouble with white women suburban voters. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Most of you out there know that uh, what I'm talking about because you've heard this before. You've heard it from um, the usual suspects on Fox. People like Karl Rove and Chris Steyer-Walt and uh, occasionally it might be Geraldo. And 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 they'll bring up this idea about the concern. Oh, Dana Perino, 
and they'll bring up this idea of this, this concern about uh, white women suburban voters. Have you? Can, can I get an amen from anybody that they've they've heard this uh, crap uh, pushed forth? Because it has white women suburban voters. Uh, yeah, Matt, you can you can get a home polygraph test on Amazon, huh? <laughs> He, uh, Matt put a link up there in case you all want to uh, catch the liars in your family with this brand new polygraph test brought to you by Runco. The Runco polygraph test. Get one today. It also, by the way, slices tomatoes. Have you ever had the problem with a dull knife slicing tomatoes? Look at that. Look how it smashes into the, into the cutting board. Well, with the brand new Ronco polygraph test, you can cut tomatoes with little effort. Look, I could even uh, slam the polygraph test onto a table and it still doesn't break. It's so sturdy. And by the way, it also makes julienne fries. Yes, people, the Ronco polygraph test brought to you by Ronco. Now available on Amazon, 80 to 90% accurate, will also make you julienne fries. And if you want to, you can also use it to make your morning smoothies. Yeah, push some bananas in there, squeeze some juice in there, and just start it up right away in the morning, and you'll have a Ronco polygraph test smoothie for yourself in the morning. Good morning this morning. Anyway, what was I doing? A white suburban women voter. Thank you, Margaret, dear. Uh... I, I've I've heard this story time and time again that white suburban women voters uh, are, are the are the ones always in question. I heard the same thing in the run up to the 2016 election. And by the way, if you uh, if you hear a spaceship outside, Matt, if you hear something hovering outside, it's the spaceship dropping Mark off to be on the show here eventually. So he's gonna he's. He's going to be on the show shortly, so if there's a uh, – if you hear that – Mark, go talk on Radio Free Almond. BS them all morning long, please. Yeah, so he'll we'll see. Mark will be in. But I've heard that time and time again. They, they tried to make the same case uh, in – uh, in 2016, oh, President Trump with all those uh, grabber by the P allegations and all that kind of stuff, uh, those things are all uh, examples of how white suburban women voters are not going to be coming out and, and voting for President Trump. They came out in gobs and gobs and gobs of numbers for President Trump. White suburban women voters. They came out in droves for for President Trump. So did Hispanics, by the way. And so did blacks. You know, all the people that they presume, these idiots on TV and everybody else presumed wouldn't come out for the president, absolutely came out for him. And and again, so you keep hearing this hammered over and over again because it's, it's a line that is brought to you by the... Uh, by the Democratic Party and the Never Trumpers, white suburban women voters. This is going to harm them and white suburban women voters. This is going to uh, harm them in the midterms with white suburban women voters. And eventually it'll bleed over to the 2020 white suburban women voters. I try to tell people that uh, unlike any other radio show in town, all right, uh, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to – I would not dare to uh, put, you know, Kathy – uh, Parker, uh, my mother-in-law's on, so I'm not going to include her. That wouldn't that not be fair. Uh, 
Paula, Beth, Vicky, Margaret, but <laughs> I can go on and on, Lise. I mean, I can go on and on. There's no radio station, no radio show in town that has more white suburban women voters listening to it than this show. And, and I could prove to you in numbers uh, that I could provide to you in a, within, a, within a moment's notice. Uh, it's it's why, you know, Michael Proctor, for instance, with Proctor Draper, has so much success. Why, why everybody who advertises on this show has so much success. Because women actually are the engines of this economy in terms of making decisions when it comes to spending, when it comes to making decisions about cars, when it comes to making decisions about uh, things in the home, when it comes to making decisions about doctors, all those kinds of things. Uh, women are truly the deciders uh, in, in this country, and that's why they're an important group, but not, a, not an important group just as a commodity, but they're an important group because they're influential people, and they have, and they have a lot of power. And when they, when they vote, uh, they, 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 they vote uh, with their conscience, and they, and they vote uh, on righteousness, and they vote for people who they believe are going to be able to protect their rights, protect their families, secure uh, economic security for their families, and that's how women, women white white women, Tom, Father Tom's like, what, what about uh, what about uh, what about women, rural women? I don't understand what that's all about. I guess they count them out. Oh, they're always going to vote for Trump because they're just stupid, blah blah blahs. No. Uh, they're smart. And and by the way, I will tell you that uh, – and Lorianne and Linda, sorry, to admit, and, and, you know, Adana's here. I mean I, I, I could tell you just on the Facebook page alone. But but the other thing about uh, women, especially the women who listen to Radio Free Almond, is that I, I, there's there's a common thread that rolls right through all of them. Uh, and, and it is a level of toughness and a, a level of vigor and a level of passion that you just would would floor you if you really paid attention to it. And and people don't. They think that white suburban women voters or women voters or whatever are just kind of like, oh, I'll just see what, uh, you know, um, what d- my husband's going to do. It's like, no, that, that's, that's so different. And it, it, I kind of compare it to back in the day, I told you guys a while back, and Lisa's here. Uh, as well. And Stan and TJ, not to get, count you guys out, but you guys know what I'm talking about. The Radio Free Almond female listener, they all have something in common, and that is this level, this inner core of toughness. And and many of them voted for President Trump in spite of the fact that there were some issues with him, with women or whatever, because uh, it was much like the evangelicals voted for President Trump. President Trump doesn't have to know every Bible passage out there. He just has to, they just have to believe that he'll protect their rights and protect their religious freedom. That's all that counts. And, and, and women voters, uh, like men voters, but, but if you want to talk about suburban white women voters, they are practical voters. They, they vote on practicality. Uh, occasionally you'll have emotional uh, elements there, but much like men would, but, but they vote on practicality. I've always said this too, uh, that, and Michelle, thank you very much. You're right. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, they have, <laughs> Julie, we're badass. You are badass, Julie. You guys all are. I, I kind of compare it, I kind of compare the Radio Free Almond listener to uh, the nurse. Uh, because don't look at me like that, Marques, and that, I mean, this makes perfect sense. I said a long time ago, and this is what got me involved in this Nurses Association thing, uh, 
one time on the air, I said, if you look at nurses, there's something that runs. You can have a a room full of 10 women and three nurses, and I guarantee you I could pick out the three nurses in there. I, I'm just telling you because they all have a certain level. Of, there's, there's this, there's this inner core. There's this uh, serenity. There's this strength, and there's this. Usually, they're pretty, and everything else. And, and it's just kind of it doesn't make a difference. I'm, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. But but you, you could tell this inner core, this serenity, this strength. There's something that goes right through their their veins. You could tell. But that's the same. All the women who. Uh, listen to Radio Free Alma, and if they're not nurses, they should be, because they could be, you know, dealing with t- terrible things, and but 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 then stoically coming back and and uh, and they're like 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 my grandma, you know, my grandma, my nine fingered grandma, my nine fingered grandma who cut her finger off while she was toiling in her garden, made the best uh, pies and 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 and. Uh, and made made grew uh, all kinds of beautiful tomatoes, and she just was this awesome gardener and got her hands dirty. Was a German little German farm girl, but boy, she went to Geneva, Switzerland with with uh, Grandpa when he would travel the world, to all these exotic places, and would uh, would be a, a, a hostess for all these like these leaders of these countries. You know, she'd have they they've had like you know guys who were. Uh, uh, the emissaries from the Congo and stuff at their place, and and he was the head of the World Council of YMCA's. But boy, she could rock some pearls and a nice dress and some heels like no tomorrow. But if you really left her own to her own devices, she'd rather be getting her hands dirty in the garden. But she could do both. So that's like all of you out there. That's like you people out there. If you, if you could, you could rock some pearls and and uh, and still enjoy your garden. That's the that's the Radio Free Almond female listeners. Mark Kaysen could rock some pearls and and be in a garden too, but you're too busy blaming men for all the world's ills. I'm sorry, white men for all the world's ills, because Mark has that. I did hear the spaceship. He did he did drop in. So we're gonna go ahead and get to our national anthem. And by the way, uh how about uh, and Martha, you're right. You know, uh, people are going, why is Kaysen all about just, here, here's the deal. First of all, he's a nice guy, and he's a friend of mine, and we have fun just kind of uh, batting it back and forth, and you know we we get into it. A lot of people, uh, it's it's sharpening it's sharpening our skills, like Martha points out. It's it's sh- <laughs> Alora Casey in pearls. People want to see you in pearls now, Mark. And uh, you, it, it helps us sharpen our skills and re reinforce you know our ideas and. And it helps Mark, too, because um, he learns a little something, goes out and tells all of his liberal friends that they're, they're actually wrong, but just keep talking and it'll be okay. We'll maybe still get the Senate in the, in the, uh, in the uh, midterms, and uh, maybe uh, Joe Biden will be uh, the next uh, skeleton of the United States. <laughs> That's a good one, wasn't it? I just came up with that one. Ladies and gentlemen, the next skeleton – of the United States of America, <laughs> Joe Biden. I don't wish. I don't wish death on him at all. I'm just. I'm just kidding. But the, he'll be. The, he'll, he could be that. All right. I better. I better get out of here. By the way, this little uh, thing I have here. This. Uh, this. Wa- this uh, towel is. Um, 
is not so I, I can uh, wipe my brow while I'm playing the trumpet for you here. It's uh, because I spilled a bunch of coffee. Glad it wasn't on when I spilled it. Was I on? Because I cussed up a blue streak, too. I mean, I had, I had cuss words coming out of every pore when I, when I spilled my coffee here. Good morning this morning, everybody. Okay, let me get to the national anthem, shall we? So I can get this going here. Ready, set, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem. has millions of dollars available with mortgage rates in the threes. Pay off high interest credit card. Eliminate PMI. Fix up your home. You could even skip two months of mortgage payments. And if we can't close your loan, the appraisal is no charge. Call 314-567-GOLD. 567-GOLD. Golden old lending cured my blues. NMLS 114937, 111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, this morning, this morning, everybody. Oh, man. I can't see. How about uh, Nina Simone, man? Nina Simone. You like Nina Simone? Outstanding. Extraordinary. She really is. She was very interesting, Nina Simone was. I mean, how could you? She's got a song with Lana Turner in it. You know, even Lana Turner's smile. You know, and she could she could rock a piano, man. She just was amazing. You'd like this little video, by the way. 
that I love. It's one of my favorite videos. Um, it's baby, Nina Simone. My baby don't care for shows, and he don't even care for And she was at the uh, my baby just cares music festival, the uh, Montrose, I think it was. Montrose Music Festival. You, you, back in your hippie days, that was like... The deal, Montrose and those kind of places. You know more about those things than oh, okay. I do. But well, but, you, but you, I, I I know a lot about things that you say, and then I go, oh yeah, I remember that. But did, did, one thing I know, I know Nina Simone singing Jacques Brel songs. Do you know? Oh, you mean like French? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She she lived yeah, in France. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was a kind so of an you, expatriate almost to a yeah. certain degree. And do you remember Jacques Brel? I do not. No. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't. You're just trying to embarrass Left, me. Lefty. You're just trying to break. Way, oh, oh, way left. Oh, no, well, no, Nina Simone way was. Left. Well, Nina Simone was pretty uh, opinionated. Left. Oh, yeah, very. Yeah, she was not. She was not. Well, she was. She was back in the day when, uh, you know, she and Miles Davis had a lot in common. Uh, they were. They. They lived through a time where, you know, I mean, they. 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 They had to. They had to perform music uh, through the. You know, they had to go through the the back door. They couldn't even eat at the places where they were performing. So it was it kind of got a little edgy there for them. Uh, and Nina Simone really kind of never forgot that. Uh, and, and then she went into she kind of became a recluse. But uh, but boy, this this video of her at Montrose, uh, I think it was Montrose. But she had these big, you know, because she always wore her hair very uh, short, you know, or sometimes she'd put up like she'd have her short fro or she would put it up in a bun or something like that but she'd wear these big hoop earrings beautiful face and and she'd sit there and rock out with her piano and it was impressive i mean it was very impressive the funny thing is and the sad part about it you know oh, look listen you, to mark you're probably gonna bring the sad yeah, part you, about you everything. probably don't know this fact maybe you do but onion horton used to do jazz programs on the radio here in in town, all over, a lot on KATZ, and and Onion knew everything about all of this. I mean, he knew every detail. He his jazz shows were one of the most popular things that he ever did here in town. Um, you mean his? Uh, you mean Onion Horton's jazz shows? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Wouldn't, he, wouldn't have known. He just know he knew every detail about all the kinds of things you're talking about. I'd mention something, he'd know what it really was because I just you know, sort of wow. knew. But at any rate, I, I heard, wait, wait, wait. Let me, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be the, don't you don't you? I'll be the one to direct the oh, discussion. Okay. Don't don't sit there and segue into something because I'm not done yet. Well, I was only going to refer to you, but that's all okay. Right. Okay, well, that, that's fine. I, I was I was looking for this video because she's you know sometimes she would take on this appearance of kind of like this. Uh, Almost like this, uh, like this Nubian princess type of look. Is that legal to say that? That's legal. Okay, I just was I was wondering because she would she would kind of have that that look about. Yeah. It. I'll find it. The it's, legislature won't come after you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I think it was. For that. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, she she's. Uh, I'll find it somewhere along the line because I, I really want to find this because it was it was great. But I'll, I'll play it in a little bit. But anyway. Um, Miles Davis, I one time saw him in concert, you know, and he was in Madison, Wisconsin, and he got to a point in his life where he would actually perform with his back to the audience because because he he, he was that bitter about how it was to be in that uh, 
in, in that realm back in the day when you'd be performing at these clubs and otherwise you wouldn't even be able to get into if you just tried to walk into them. So there's a little bit of bit. So I'm giving you a little bit of a, you know, because you because because you think that the United States is horrible. So I'm trying to give you a little bit of a, a of a of a you know a bone because I, I need to give you one before we before I dismantle you over this other stuff. The United States is a great place. It really is, and the only thing that I am concerned about is maintaining its greatness, which came from the liberal courts in the 1960s, and this is what we're fighting about right now, keeping the country the way we made it when those of us on the left turned it <laughs> to what it is. Because honestly, if you go, if you go back to, to the original principles, I mean, they weren't the things that the courts decided in the 60s and early 70s. That, the, this country believed in the things that you talk about all the time. Yeah. The, the, absolutely. Uh, all, all the way back, this, this was a Christian country from the very beginning. Yes. But no more, because we have now what we call separation of church and state, which came in the 60s. That's not in the Constitution. We made it up. <laughs> we made it up. We, yeah, we I know. brought it to you. Exactly. We got that out of the classrooms. We got it out of the, the public arena. We took religion away. We got it out. We put it where it belongs, which is in the place where you worship. And you should all be completely respected for how you worship. I don't worship. I don't worship at all. Uh, but, you know, I'm Jewish, whatever that means. And And the thing is, everybody can just do what they do, and that's great. The problem is, all, and this goes right to Kavanaugh, the problem is... Figured it was coming. Yeah, we've, we've created this environment where we're... Obama! Yeah, where we're trying, we're trying to claim, oh, we're such good Christians and all that. Forget that. Be whatever you want. Okay. Just, don't, just okay. don't try to convince us, because, see, here's the thing. Now this guy is getting caught, I said all weekend, that a, that, a, that, a, that a new accuser would come <laughs> of out. Of course they, it oh, has, there will it be has more. to be. There will be more. I <laughs> right. mean, Donald has 20 of them out there. <laughs> 20 at least. No, and I feel bad I for the guy. I don't know what he did. I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know that he did. He didn't what, do anything. Well, no, no, you don't know that. And I don't, I said, I don't know. And you well, don't know. I, you don't, no, no, but, but I you know, know what here, I did. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm basing this on actual testimony, and I mean, I don't mean testimony, court testimony. I'm basing this on actual words coming out of the mouths of people who knew him. And there's not one person at this party that Dr. Ford said she was at that corroborates her story at all. Not one person. We need to put Mark Judge under oath, who has written a book explaining what they used to do, all the drunkenness and everything. Put Mark Judge under oath at, so that we know that he's – and let him talk to an FBI no, let's, agent. Let's, let's put the no, woman no, under oh, oath. No, that's let's fine. Put, let's put let's Dr. Put Ford – She's but, ready. But, but, but let's hear let, – She's right, ready. Exactly. But then she better ask, but, come forward but because – But Mark Judge – but Mark Judge, we, he won't do it, but – and – those mealy mouth little Republicans who you don't like either. Right. Okay. They they are afraid to have the FBI 
investigate this for a couple of days because, look, the, the reason you have the FBI investigate is because when they ask questions, people can't lie or else they go to jail. Okay. So let's it's, it's ask some po- the okay. questions. No, no, okay, here's the deal. First of all, I have to go – I now this is what happens all the time is I have to go – Way, way back, right to the beginning of your statement, sure. Because you you have because the uh, your uh, spaceship masters wound you up so much that you came out and you just like blasted everything out of your mouth at one time. We're both good at this, and Jamie. So, and so now I have to uh, go ahead. Now I have to go back to uh, a statement. And and recover the truth from first of all your talk about the separation of church and state. You do realize that the separation of church and state was not to keep the church out of the state, but to keep the state out of the church. You realize that was all based on a letter that Jefferson wrote to a church, uh, the Baptist Church, trying to uh, assure them that the government would not be in, be intruding in their affairs. You realize that's what that concept of separation of church and state came from. It was basically from a letter that Jefferson wrote assuring a Baptist church that the government wouldn't be intruding in them. You know, you know that's what separation of church and state is, I already right? told you that I understand that the principles that this country started with are exactly on your side. I'm, I forget all of that. Wait, 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 okay, I don't wait, care wait, about okay, Jefferson. Before you Let's get, talk no, about no, Angle okay, versus Vitali in right. 1961. But, but, but before you get into that, though, that. You're, you're the same person, though, who would force a baker to make a cake for a gay couple, even though sure. that gay. And I'm I'm one of the most liberal guys you're going to find regarding the whole gay issue. Anyway, I just I absolutely have zero. Uh, I, I I'm just. I'm not. I'm socially very liberal. There. I mean, that's just how I am. But nonetheless, the gay people I know wouldn't even want to try to force a person who has religious inclinations that are, are that are alternate to theirs make a cake for them for their wedding for a for actually a religious ceremony. So. You would be the same person who claims that you guys trod this ground of separation of church and state. You'd be the same person that would try to force a baker to make a cake for a gay couple, even though it's against his religious inclinations. And you have you, you and you on top of that, you'd have the state enforce it. You'd have the state force him to make the cake. Yeah, only because there is a history in this country where black people came into restaurants. And they threw them out. And it was the law. And see, we're just trying to make sure that that never happens to anybody, including gay, including disabled, including anybody, Hispanics, Mexicans who who uh, Donald says are rapists. We want to make sure that this doesn't happen but, but Mark, to anybody me, ever again. Okay, That's me, all. Right. But let me tell you something. There's a bit. But, but we, we also have to be precise in what the case is. Now, uh, a person at a restaurant who doesn't want a black person there? There really is no no basis. Uh, I guess technically there could be someone who has some kind of religious uh, sure angst do. towards interracial marriage or Absolutely. something. Absolutely, like that. but that's never. First of all, that that never that's never well, happened. Sure, nineteen seventy. Right, but but that's but that that's not hasn't, hasn't the, happened now. That's the, not what we're dealing with. Nineteen seventy isn't that long ago. The loving couple were told in. Uh, in 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 uh, not Connecticut in, in uh, Washington in Virginia, they were told if you never come back to the state again, we won't put you in jail. But we don't allow 
black and white people to be married. 1970 right, in Virginia. Since, right, but, but that, that, that has since not become an issue. The That's gay, because the of gay liberals. issue, because of liberals. gay marriage, that has become an issue. Now, we again, stopped it. Am I, am I, uh, do, do I, uh, a gay marriage? I know a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of them, but I do, the gay married couples I know are sweet, lovely. Uh, even great parents. And so, sure. I mean, I completely agree with that. But again, also the gay people I know uh, would not want to even make somebody make a cake who doesn't want to make a cake for them. They, they just wouldn't mess with it because it's not about trotting ground for black people. It's, 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 uh, it's a religious thing. All I'm saying is the yeah. separation of church and state thing, you guys talk about all the time, but you don't even really understand what it's about. It's about keeping the state out of religion, not religion out of the state. Okay, but what we did, here's what we did. We, I understand what you're saying. That's, go, you can go back as far as you want, and we can talk about you know, priests getting Magna married Carta. too, because you you know that that priests you know did get married and had children. In right. fact, popes had their sons who right. became popes. Yes. Okay. Here's why it changed. It changed because it was being abused. Okay. And and and, and so uh, that's when they changed the catechism. They changed. I don't know whether it's called it was an encyclical, Father Tom, or a catechism. I don't know. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to describe it properly. Uh, but what I'm saying is that they changed it because it it became. Uh, they they said that you know what though in the end um, we believe that uh, that uh, priests should be married to the church uh, and, and that's and and that keeps out all the riffraff and all the families and there were people who were being who were getting uh, you know monies and property and all that kind sure. of stuff and you realize too that 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 the, the church now is so uh, very zeroed in on the marriage to the church thing that even when uh, the people will deal with priests and talk about their families, they actually refer to their families as as the family of origin because the new family is the church. And you're, that's a good thing. The, listen, you're the expert on all of this. This is like Obama, hope and change. So that's what happened in the Catholic Church. They got hope and change, but that was back in the fourth century. And that's a good thing. You do what – everybody Uh-oh! should do whatever they want. Mark talking about the history. And now Mark Kaysen with the history yeah, what do I of know? the Catholic Church. I know nothing. And, but, and, and, no, and, but here's, and Barack Obama is no, but the here, person who changed, Obama! changed yeah. the Catholic Church. But here's what I know. I know that in 1961 we ripped all of this religion out of the public arena. And we're fighting it right now because that's part of Kavanaugh. Oh, he'd, he'd have kids praying in public schools all day long. No, he wouldn't. Well, yes, because Mark, his people us, would. Like, right. I have I've talked to people for years who say that the thing that has destroyed this country is that we took the church out of everything. <laughs> no. no. But here, can, can I just tell yeah. you, though, from my point of view, uh, from my conservative point of view, right. and I would I – would, I would bet you that most of the people who are listening right now would say the same thing. We don't want prayer in public schools because, and in all due respect to teachers, uh, the public, I do, I don't want the public schools uh, teaching religion because Be they would screw it up. Yeah, you'd have and, me. And, and, well, no, you'd have me uh, and, with kids with religion. Oh, you wouldn't want right. that. No, I. So, so I would rather do the reading, writing, arithmetic model. Definitely. And if I want religion taught in a school, I will send my kids to a religious school. Perfect. So that's why I send my without kids to Catholic vo- schools without vouchers. 
well, I, well, to <laughs> See, tell you the truth, no. that's Kavanaugh no, no, again. No, 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 to tell you the truth, uh, let's put it this way: I, I have a, I've warned the Catholic Church about this, and indeed even Catholic parents who believe that they ought to get uh, tax breaks for their tuition in public uh, in Catholic schools. I know where you're going, and, and and I've always told them. I said, be careful what you wish for, because once you have the government. That's it. Uh, giving you benefits or, or giving you anything. The they, government has control, essentially, over what you do. So they'll the minute demand you start, everything. They will. And, and so, so uh, to, in order to keep the, uh, yep. in my opinion, Catholic schools, Catholic schools, because they're already actually being watered down to a level. I mean, now, now that we've lost all the nuns these days who don't, don't teach anymore, and you've got people coming in, and they've got their own little opinions about what Catholic Church teaching is, and I get it, uh, but still, uh, it would make it even worse because you'd have situations where, you know, you'd have, if, if you got tax breaks, and, and I, would, I would love it, I mean, I would, I would love to get a, a tax break for the tuition we pay, but then again, I also know it's a double-edged sword, and if, if, you, if you get something from the government, well, the government's going to want you. something from you. Yes, so I don't. I, so I, I like that separation. But no, contrary to what you think, those of us out there don't want a bunch of people, a um, bunch of um, teachers leading our kids in prayer in public school because they'd screw it up. They would invent their own prayers. I'd Heaven screw forbid, it up. Imagine if you were there. I'd screw it up. You know, you'd say God's a woman. I'd and, screw it up. You know, I'd be taking a knee and all. You don't want that. Yeah, right. You, right. you, you don't, don't want be she, 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 she. Yeah, you you don't want that. You Look. Know. Here's the thing. I don't know what you did when you were in high school. I don't know. I have no idea. I know that when I was in high school, I had girlfriends. You know, I'll tell you. It's name, name one. Name you one. Know, I loved Binky Epstein. I loved Binky Epstein. In fact, we're, we're Binky sp- Epstein? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't even <laughs> know I existed. And I didn't bother her she either. She sounds like she a nice Jewish even, girl. Yeah, yeah. Is she? Is she? Yeah. Well, she wasn't so nice, but she was Jewish. Oh, yeah? She was in with some of the bad kids. But really? She, Where yeah. was this? Los Angeles. Huh. Yeah. Was it like a Jewish school? Or no, was it? Oh, okay. no, 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 no. Because I grew up, cause I grew up in, um, in U City. Sure. Uh, before everybody fled to Creve Core. Right. Uh, I, I, most of the people who I went to school, I was predominantly in a Jewish community. Sure. And yeah, I exactly. liked it that way. Right. And you know what? Two of my earliest girlfriends were jewish not to mention the fact people hear your name allman and they think you're jewish so that's another story you know i oh believe me when i went to why why do they think why do they think it's jewish you know friedman allman you know they hear it sounds what they think so oh really well they they always think jim Berger's jewish (laughs) he's not when i when i worked for uh when i worked for the uh the catholic church uh I'll never forget actually having some guy call me up and accuse me of being Jewish, which I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think right. being Jewish warrants an accusation. But yeah, he he accused. What's a Jew doing working for the bishop? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding you. No, I. Know. And it was because it was from your city, and I guess because my name was Alman, I didn't know that that was a thing. But. Yeah. Uh, uh, am I almond? But I will tell you though. Uh, yeah, 50, one of, Fifty years ago, the Pope had a Jewish stockbroker whose name was Schwartz, and they were all over him for that. But that's well. Different. I had I had two girls who I was, just, and it was in second grade and first grade. I'll never forget it. I was infatuated with them, 
uh, one was Liz Greenberg, who was a neighbor of mine, and the uh, who I loved, and and who I, I now think would probably hate me, but uh, <laughs> they would all probably. Hate you never me. know. <laughs> no, yeah. I think they'd all probably hate me. And then uh, and then Stacy Goodman. I'll never forget Stacy Goodman. She was so pretty. She had these really pretty twinkly brown eyes and this frizzy hair and. She, she, I just loved her. I just adored her. She didn't yeah. really like me very much, but I just I loved her. Wrote her notes all the time. This is in second grade. Right. No, I understand. Look, th- we all have this business going on. Stacey Goodman's probably like a, like a, uh, like a civil rights lawyer somewhere. She Pro- would hate, oh, I'm she'd sure. Probably in New York. She'd hate my no, guts. She, no, she'd see you with me and then she'd go, okay. Hillary I'll, Clinton yeah. probably loves her. Stacey Goodman. But here's the thing. If you drink... When you get older into high school, if you're drinking and doing drugs with all of this, it gets to be problematic. I mean, I've told you this before. My hair was long and I looked like I was doing those things, but I, I didn't. And the, I would not have any, any girls showing up from 50 years ago accusing me of anything. All they'd be saying is, is that cute little Mark Kaysen. That's it because I didn't bother anybody. And, and, and Kavanaugh was drinking with his best friend, Judge, and I don't care. You could drink. I'm not mad at you. It's allowed. But the problem is, is that things come along with that that have him in trouble. Let me ask you this. Do you have – I can't wait to hear this one because I don't. Do you have a calendar that tells what you were doing in 1970? Because if you do – I'll be shocked. I don't, but I have a good memory. Yeah, yeah. He's got a calendar. What a bunch of nonsense. Get his calendar. What is this? I don't well, I don't who know. Who has a I calendar mean, from who has a calendar from 35 years ago? Do, where, where I can't that, find my calendar from okay, last year. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. First of all, uh the, let me tell you why I believe that the um the woman uh, the first woman, because there's another one out there. They've decided to enlist Ronan Farrow yeah. in this thing. Now, the, the, the reason why they came up with Ronan Farrow is because they had to have somebody who had some credibility in the Me Too movement come out there and and put forth some bull crap coming from this woman, Ramirez, who no, nobody corroborates her story at all. He no cor- one does. He corroborates the story, and I'll tell you where. And we said And I Ronan think we- Farrow, I mean, shame on him for for utilizing his skills, his Pulitzer Prize winning skills to become a, a hack for the Democrats and the left. Yeah. Listen to what he said. His words, Kavanaugh's words. What happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep, and that's worked out really well for us over the years. Ha ha. He's done stuff. We don't know what it is. He's done stuff. It doesn't mean he can't be a Supreme Court justice. The reason this is all coming down on his head is because of Merrick Garland. But he, oh, but he did something. Stop with the Merrick he, Garland no, thing. No, 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 because you're going to hear that. Right. You're going to hear that on Thursday. Right. That's going to be all over the place. Right. It's too bad, though, because you know, the, the one thing we're not hearing about is uh, about the woman. Because you guys don't talk about the woman like you care about her. You talk about the woman like you care about her. Uh, as a means to an end or I something else. I care about else. all women because white <laughs> men are no good. Look, they are no good. 
and, right. and, 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 and they've Some done, of my best friends are women. Yeah, and they've done bad things. Okay. Can, so, can we, okay, can we go back here? First yeah. of all, with, with, with Ramirez, uh, shame on Ronan Farrow for putting his name on a flimsy accusation that is going nowhere. His Yale classmates are all going, this, is, this did not happen. This is something that we have never seen before. Even Ramirez's best friend says, I don't recall any of that going on. So shame on Ronan Farrow for coming out with this. And then secondly, then, with Dr. Ford, Dr. Ford was, uh, this is where I first got my first inkling that I thought that she was full of it. And that was when, because she's already, uh, that night, if it did occur, uh, she was already deceitful because she didn't want to tell her family that she was at this about what happened. I mean, you're talking about a woman who says right now, 36 years after it happened, that she was not only uh, there was an attempted rape, but she felt like she was going to get murdered. Okay. Apparently this wasn't still important enough for her. Uh, so she, because, so she didn't tell her parents because she was afraid they would she'd be at a drinking party and they'd, they'd find out. So here's a woman who already has proven herself to care so little apparently about herself and so much about her reputation that she would actually uh, be deceitful to her parents and everybody else by not telling them what happened. Thousands and, of women have already come out to say that they didn't tell either and explained why. And it's all complicated. None of this would be in the public arena if not for what the Republican Party did to Merrick Garland. This would be in the therapist's office, or we could be talking about the, the what's done to women in this country that's that's horrible, which is. And, and, and we could be having that discussion, and it wouldn't even affect but Mark, any of these what, people. But you, you realize what you're saying, though, now. I because, know what I'm because saying. Because Diane Feinstein, who uh, I guess apparently – she was in the spaceship that dropped you off, but they had yeah. to drop her off in D.C. But Diane Feinstein is right now just about to land in D.C. from the spaceship that you were on. And she would come in and say, please, Mark, don't say that because oh, this, no, is all about, this, be all, this is all about women and victimhood, no. not, not, not about Merrick Garland. No, I'm going to be honest, and I'm sure that, that people want to hear honesty. Well, and, and, this is and, news. And, and you know, you, you're honest about your side, and I'm honest about mine. I always said that Hillary lies. I mean, she lied about a lot of things, but not anything that. I, by the way, I thought my favorite part of this whole Hillary thing is when Hillary decided she was going to uh, to look up. Um, she wants she she was giving all of all the FBI all, all kinds of tips on investigating this. <laughs> no, I would like the FBI to do it, not Hillary. The FBI couldn't even do anything. All they anyway. got to do is ask. No, but the FBI could what, – what, what could the FBI do they, after they've discovered the this? The same thing that they did for Anita Hill. They asked the questions. Why can't we do what we did for Anita Hill? We ripped off Anita Hill. We treated her like junk. So, you know, why can't we treat this one with the, the same horrible way that we treated Anita Hill? Oh, no. We've got to even be worse to this one. Why? Why can't her allegation be heard? I, I'm going to agree with you. We're only hearing it because of Merrick Garland. But you know what? That's why you shouldn't do these things. And I agree the Democrats did stuff before that under Harry Reid that led to the Republicans doing what they did. But everything is in a chain here at it all. It's a bunch of dom dominoes knocking each other over. 
and we've got a giant problem, and and Kavanaugh's got a problem. He's not going to be a Supreme Court justice. Yes, he will. He's gone. No, he's and, not. And and listen, we'll, we'll, we'll know that very soon. And here's the right. other thing it, we're going to know. We all you always do this. You're like, yeah, well, just wait and see. It's well, like every time we wait and see. It's exactly the opposite of that's, what you said it's going to be. That's not true. But I'll name, say name but one with wait, wait, name one prediction you've made I, that's true. Well, in in six weeks, <laughs> well, let's see because in six weeks there's going to be such a landslide, <laughs> and then we're going to be sitting there going right. through the, the the numbers to find out what was true and what wasn't true. Well, I'll, I'll give you one. Hillary won the popular vote. There you go. But that that's one but thing. But that's not right. But that's not. You, you doesn't you, matter. She no. won the popular vote. You, you, you did not predict that Hillary would win the popular vote. Well, sure, vote. I did. You predicted she would become. You, okay. She would win the presidency. But she did win the popular. But vote. But it doesn't matter. Though. I understand. Well, if you understand, then you can't cl- if clock it, that as a as a win. Well, on your I'll, part. I'll clock the winning the popular vote as a win. No, it's not and, a win. And, and I'm going to because the American people. It's a win in Venezuela. It's yeah. not a win in in. Okay. The United States of America. No, it doesn't make you president. That's yeah, true. Right, yeah, right. And I'm a that guy. little minor thing. And I'm a well, guy. You no, know, it who, doesn't make you president, yeah. but you still won. Like, and and won by the way, what? I support the Electoral College. Good. Because I, I, I think it's, well, you say good. When it goes against you, you won't think it's good. Well, believe me, I but, told the story last week about how after Romney and his lazy ass uh, lost to Obama, uh, the Republicans were trying to shop around this whole idea of of allocating electoral <laughs> votes based on uh, right on on the popular vote, right. and they were thinking, well, instead of giving all the things, then it's the popular and, and, vote. And they, and they showed maps. I had them come in. They showed maps of things because they they wanted to do the yeah. na- to call it a national vote or something. And they and they uh, they, they they said, look, uh, and it was true that a Democrat before President Trump brilliantly redefined the electoral map. And his campaign redefined the electoral map. Before that, like for instance, Hillary Clinton, basically the, the conventional wisdom was that a Democrat begins every election with 240 electoral votes no matter what. Because that's just – historically, if you went back 30 years of voting, uh, a, a, uh, a, a person who was a Democrat would automatically – would start with 240 and and then it would only be a matter of getting the other thirty two or whatever it was sure. to, to to get in there, uh, or thirty whatever. Uh, but but it was always two forty, and that's what made the Republicans all crazy because they were like, "We got to change this." And so they wanted to kind of put up this idea that you would divvy up electoral votes based on a popular vote just to try to screw it up. Then and it was it's like, the popular oh, vote. I know. That, that, so so which, Republicans yeah. were after that before. And yes. all that does is allow New York and California to elect everybody. And I agree, we don't want to allow that. And Hillary could have picked Bernie Sanders as the the vice president, and we wouldn't even be having this discussion because Hillary would be president. So it's her fault. It's on her. It was her foolishness. Tim Kaine was an idiot. I knew we talked about it on the TV show the day day she picked him. Whatever happened to Tim Kaine? He's okay, but he's not. You don't even Bernie. know he's okay. He's not. Whatever Bernie. happened to him? He's still there. Okay. He's not Bernie. All right. He he's just has, not he, Bernie. Right. Okay. The public, the 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 Democrats wanted Bernie. All right. And it, look, that's over. But 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 I'll, I, and I apologize that I got to leave here. I'm trying to music but, here real quickly because I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm going to prove a point about lucid dreams. But I, I'm listening to you. Don't worry. Yeah. No, I know. I apologize. I have to leave because I got 
things to do and people to meet and all you know all that kind of. I'll defend junk. you here. People were wondering, like they thought you were going to bring in charts, but he and I had a discussion before. As we do the charts another day because there's so much going on here, yeah. and because you don't have any charts, I've got the charts. Yeah, we'll bring in the charts when everybody's so bored, nothing going on, and then I'll show you, and, and then you'll go, well, okay, so the charts are right. It's the Federal Reserve. Anyway, I love that whole thing. Mark Kaysen's biggest threat is charts. Yeah. Well, I'm bring some, you know what I'm going to do to you? Show you some charts. Show you some Better charts. Watch out. Yeah. It's too bad we didn't do that with like in our negotiations with North Korea, like Trump could tweet out, <laughs> watch out. You, listen, little man. Yeah. You and, can have your nukes, but we've got charts. Yeah. And don't forget North Korea. Isn't that a great example? The deal that he has made, he, him, that guy, the deal that he made so far is not even as good as the deal that, that Bill Clinton made in 1994. So, you know, he he's accepted the fact that they're a nuclear power and that they're going to have nuclear weapons. And they're going to have nuclear weapons, and they're never going to use one of them against us ever. <laughs> never. <laughs> we're never going to be standing in this studio waiting for the missiles to hit. No, we're it's not. It's not coming. But, but, we're, but we still are going to get in a situation where we uh, denuclearized uh, North Korea. That's, Whatever that's that going to be the key. Whatever the meaning of is is. It's, it's well, BS. I mean, it's it's it it is. That's exactly what I ultimately will happen. North Korea. Kim Jong Un most of all loves survival, and he loves his sure. whiskey, and he loves his weird women, sure. and he loves his weird haircut, and Ma- he doesn't want any of that to change. And Mao was the Mao. same way. Mao was the same way, by by the way. Mao yes, Zedong. Chairman Mao. Yeah, he, he used to bring the women with him on the train when he used to go all around China, you know, creating a revolution. But he had the women with him. Right. All right. So uh, anyway, I apologize. I have to. Okay, here's the deal. Road. Um, Kevin, this late, you have to admit this latest allegation is baloney. There may be more. Don't say it's baloney. <laughs> more. That, it may be. I are, look, oh, they're piling up. That. They had got, to, they had now to, there are two. They had to call in Ronan Farrow. Okay. Now there are two. So now he's got to deal with two accusations. And all this tells you is when you're a teenager or any age, you probably shouldn't be falling down drunk. Probably not a good idea because then you end up on tape saying what happens in Georgetown should stay in Georgetown, and that's worked out pretty well for us, hasn't Mark, it? Mark, do you but know it's that, not working out today. But do you know that no one is corroborating her story? You know that, right? He not, is. Who is? He's corroborating his own story. Watch him on the tape. <laughs> he says, that worked out pretty good for us, no, didn't it? No, Yeah, because he, it was hidden. All that stuff was hidden. We don't know what it is. Right. But but but, but, but he, he t- he's got something. He's right. telling us. No, he he. There's not uh, again. Watch the video. Doctor Ford has not one person corroborating her story. Not even she. Everybody she has named uh, to be at that party has said has has not supported her her story. Everybody she said was at the party. Let's interrogate Mark Judge, who wrote the book. And find out what he's got to say when the FBI is looking him in the eye and threatening him with jail. How could you? How? Okay. First of all, let's Mark, hear it, Mark. How could you possibly support an environment where the FBI is running around and threatening some 
old college buddy with just jail. Just a lie. That's all. I know, but how could, you can't possibly think that that's a good thing. You, you civil libertarian, At, and it left is a good thing. You got it's perjury. Don't perjure but, yourself. Right, but but, you, but the FBI has no business getting involved in this. There's well, no, nothing that nothing they could they could possibly uh, do. Orrin Hatch and <laughs> and 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 this Grassley who looks like he's. Ready for the grave himself. Right. Well, that's an issue okay. to take up with the they, Iowans. They said, they said 30 years ago, 27 years ago, bring in the FBI and let's do it. And they did that. So it was okay then, but now it's not okay because they want to rush this fast before the Democratic Party landslide. That's what they're afraid of. I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. I noticed. I noticed though that uh, that Dr. Ford, one of her 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 so called defense team members, is a lawyer uh, who worked with for, with McCabe from the FBI. This ought to work out swimmingly for yeah. everybody. Six weeks, we'll know. And if I don't get out of here, I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, you're going to okay. be late. Okay. Yes. Right. Thank you. Okay, buddy. I appreciate you. Bye, man. all. Thanks. I'm going to play this uh, bit here. That I tried, let me just do something. Speaking of young people, I hope this is the right one. Let me just see here real quickly. No, that's not it. Uh, there, is a, there is a lucid dream song. Don't pull me off Facebook, you people. Uh, hold on. I, I don't want this one to cuss, though. Oh, yeah, this is it. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's going to be – there's there's some language in this. But I, I, I was telling Aiden – and by the way, really appreciate Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Uh, I took more pictures yesterday and today. I'm telling you, I'm going to put up my Michael Proctor Facebook post. Are those lights supposed to be on up there normally? Is it, is it, is it uh, dark in here? Why are those lights normally on, Matt, or not? I always look up and those lights are on. And They're usually on the actual dimmest setting. Oh. I, I don't know. They don't make a difference, do they? It doesn't make much difference. Oh. I don't know. I just looked up there because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm easily distracted all the time, it seems. Anyway, so uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Love this guy. Love the fact that he is supporting this Awesome Radio Free Almond Enterprise. Uh, love the fact that, for instance, Dr. Naputi, who is my doctor, NaputiWellness.com, decided to hit up Michael Proctor, who is now a brand new advertiser on Radio Free Almond, for some window treatments for his beautiful office down there off of 55. And so Dr. Naputi's getting these wonderful window treatments. I guess I'm going to get some pictures of them eventually. And I'll show you. But today I'm going to put up the mobile design unit and what he did for my dining room. I got some great pictures of that last night and the other day at Aiden's birthday party. Uh, Aiden, by the way, turns 14 tomorrow, I will tell you. So uh, happy birthday to my man, Aiden Allman. So uh, he is 14. Can you believe that? A lot of you were with me uh, the morning he was born, right? Because he was uh, born uh, in 2004, September 25th. I'll tell the story tomorrow uh, about the uh, about the the birth, but uh, yeah, the leg lamp is, isn't on either. I don't know. We were kind of we had a few things we had to. It's Monday, so we had to, we had a few things we had to uh, deal with. I'll turn the leg lamp on in a second. Uh, so anyway, uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor. He's got his mobile design unit. He's there for uh, for you. Uh, Seven days a week, he'll drive up to your doorstep. He'll help you out, and Melissa. I don't know why the leg, don't everybody's now freaking out about the leg lamp. Matt, 
can you come in, please, and turn the light before we have a uh, a, a war, before we have a revolt on the part of these people who want that leg lamp on if it's the last damn thing on earth? Is it even plugged in? Probably not. Okay. Nope. Look at what you're doing to Matt, who's busy with other stuff, and you're making him come in, coffee, come in here and, and turn the leg lamp on. Yeah. Leg lamps on. My baby done caught that train and gone. See, I just played it all, my brother. Say, leg lamps on. Oh, I've caught that train and gone. All right, so we'll turn that on. So anyway, Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. That's where you, we want Margaret's now. Everybody's piling on. Good, that leg lamp on, and we're going to come down there and make sure. There. I th- you know what? No, you know, they also have to have the lamp part on, too, oh, apparently. Okay. They need that on it, which is wiggly and everything else. You never know what it does. They got the wiggly part. They want that. Sometimes it goes on. There. I feel it. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's a little bit, uh, that's the Naputi leg lamp. That's the honorary uh, Dr. Eric Naputi leg lamp that Matt is messing with. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the uh, you got to kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of touchy. There you go. Just stand there. You have to stand there the whole time. Sorry. Yeah. It's a good look. There, oh, look. You beamed in power into the, into the thing. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. So, uh. Yeah, so Proctor Drapery, seven days a week. He comes to your doorstep. He's your interior designer. Thank you, buddy. He's your interior designer. He's the guy who's going to bring it all together for you. And a lot of people just want somebody to uh, help them uh, decide. Uh, A lot of you can go to Home Depot, find something, bring it back, argue with your wife or husband about it, and then you got to go back. It's just a pain in the rear. Some people just want, you know, Calgon, take me away. Michael Proctor, take me away, please. And so uh, that's exactly what uh, he does. He gets it to you, and it's a great value for you. It's Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. And all right, folks, so so yesterday, so no, it was, um, was it Saturday night? I'm so busy with all the athletics and stuff. I had a soccer game Saturday. Uh, Lily won our soccer tournament with Christ the King. Love that. You realize I played on Christ the King's team some 40-plus years ago, and now Lily's playing on Christ the King, too. I love that. I love that. It's kind of crazy, but that's what St. Louis is all about, right? So anyway, we're listening to this um, thing, this thing, and this is explicit, so I don't know what words are going to come out of Lucid Dreams Mouth. So I'm listening to this, and this is popular, you know, among the kids now. Although, thankfully, they play the uh, Juice World song. They play it uh, with it uh, edited, but I can't find a Juice World that's not that that's edited here. So I'm going to have to play it for you. But listen to this real quickly. I'm going to listen to. So you heard that, right? You heard the beginning of that song. Now, most of you who are my age, right? You're listening to this Lucid Dream song, right? Now, you have to, I guess, be perhaps um, really 
uh, your ear, ear really has to be tuned to it. But if you're like me and you grew up with, for instance, the police and then you grew up eventually with Sting, you would realize right away uh, what that is, right? You'd, you'd realize right away. It's, it's Shape of My Heart. It's from Ten Summoner's Tales back in 1993. It's a great Sting album. I love Sting. Sting kind of keeps his mouth shut too, doesn't he? He deals with cards. So anyway, I send then, I take the Sting song, Shape of My Heart, and we're waiting at Sonic. I, I'm, I got, they, we got the kids dinner from Sonic Saturday night because it's it was so busy and soccer didn't end until 8 o'clock or whatever. And things didn't end. So, uh, or was it Friday? I don't remember. But anyway, so I send him this, this song, Shape of My Heart. I text it to him while, while I'm sitting there with the girls or with Natalie in the, uh, in the car. And um, so we, we uh, it was, she had a soccer game that night. So I had soccer. Then Andrea took, uh, uh, Lily had soccer too. And Aiden was at home. And so I, I, sent, him, I sent him this song. Shape of My Heart. And he, of course, listens to Lucid Dreams and all those other guys out there, Khalid and all these guys. So I uh, sent him this song. I said, uh, hey, uh, listen to this song. And he said, that sounds like Lucid Dreams. I said, no, Lucid Dreams sounds like Sting. And I and it wasn't like it was a... Um, it wasn't like it was a theft or anything. It was, uh, it was actually... Uh, a sampling, and, and I'm, I'm sure Lucid Dreams, you know, you gotta, he, he probably had to pay Sting, obviously, a good good amount of money to use that that sample there. But yeah, it was interesting to hear that from, uh, and, and nobody would notice it at all. And I don't think Lucid Dream is is trying to pretend that uh, that it, that. Oh, here, I, I don't think he's trying to pretend that it's it's anything but. Um, Oh, here, I got the wrong one. I don't think he's trying to pretend it's anything but uh, him, you know. I'm sorry, I got the wrong song here. I'm sure he didn't, I, it was unintended, like, to pretend that it's, you know, uh, his stuff. But it's funny how here I am, you know. A dad and everything else, and then I've got my my son who's about to turn fourteen. Some of his favorite music, they're sampling some of my favorite music in the same in the, in the same song. You know, pretty cool stuff. Anyway, thank you also to my friend Matthew Mitchell, Matthew Mitchell, and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency eight five five quote me. That's eight five five quote me. You're going to get the uh, I'm telling you the lowest darn rates in town. I'm talking about low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. And so a lot of people already have hit me up, uh, hit him up, 855-QUOTE-ME, to go ahead and get the uh, the uh, new home policy, new car policy, and even a life insurance policy, which I just picked up as well. And so we had the uh, uh, home deal with him, and I, I just ran my home insurance by him. He showed me that I was paying way too much, and my deductible was way too high, higher than it should be. And he goes, I can give you low premiums, low deductibles at the same time. And so I ripped up my 
home. Auto, same way. And great example of this, too, is that one time, and I always forget it, I still don't know where the damn thing is, my insurance card. One time I was uh, stuck, I didn't have my insurance card, and so uh, I called him or texted him. He texted me the insurance card, a picture of it right back, and I was able to uh, use it me to get some licensing, license plates. I don't know what I had. I was not know what I was doing. I was at the license bureau, and I needed some help right away. And that's the benefit of having a guy like Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency on your side because he's your hometown local guy, and if you call him, he'll take good care of you. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. So, again, the latest with Kavanaugh is um, is that – this is the the second allegation that was brought against him, but this time they used uh, smartly, I guess, Ronan Farrow. Now, Ronan Farrow and Jane Meyer, this is a collaboration apparently with Ronan Farrow and Jane Meyer. And Ronan Farrow uh, uh, is being used here, and, and, he, and he's a desperate attempt for them to finally add some credibility to what are not credible charges in any way. So the New Yorker is now reporting, uh, and as of Sunday night, last night, that as a college freshman at Yale, Kavanaugh exposed himself at a drunken dorm party and uh, to this woman. And then when she tried to push him away in her drunken condition, she accidentally touched him in the wrong place. So this is a woman who's claiming that her hand swiped you know, who's, you know what, and that that accounts to uh, groping. Now, Kavanaugh denies it and says it didn't happen. And no one at Yale has said that this is true. Uh, A classmate of her said that he was told later about the party and he says, we did not hear anybody talk about this, but a classmate did say that they remember being told that Kavanaugh had behaved to describe, but doesn't have any other uh, evidence. So most of these people who are coming out from Yale now are saying this uh, best friend of hers now has come out and said, we shared pretty much everything about our lives. Uh, We shared intimate details about our lives. And yet there's not one example uh, or, or, or a situation where she actually told me in any way, shape, or form that, uh, that this happened. Not one. Uh, and, and, and people now are saying, well, this, is, uh, this has to be true because there's no way these people would lie. I mean, now keep in mind, this is coming from a guy named Mike Barnacle. He's on The Morning Joe. He's a former Boston Globe columnist. And by the way, there's a reason why Mike Barnacle is a former Boston Globe columnist. And that's because Mike Barnacle was caught plagiarizing. Uh, This is a long time ago. This kind of stuff kind of happens where um, these guys who are 'er ne'er-do-wells, if you give it enough time, people oftentimes might forget uh, what they did, and and Mike Barnacle is counting on all of us, but some of us have pretty good memories, and we remember when Mike Barnacle was nailed as a columnist for the Boston Globe for plagiarizing, okay? 
So that's why he's a former Boston Globe columnist. But now he is uh, a commentator on The Morning Joe. This is what he had to say. So now we are surrounded with allegations leveled against Judge Kavanaugh from two women, Dr. Ford and Ms. Ramirez. Given how we live today, given the culture around us, we are all familiar with it, with social media, you would have to be mentally ill to inject yourself into this argument and to, to fabricate or lie about these things. You would have to be totally mentally ill because you've ruined a huge part of your life. I mean, that's not true. Do you believe that Dr. Ford or this Ramirez woman have ruined their lives in any way, shape, or form? Do you, do you, do you believe that they've ruined their lives? I mean, with the exception of obviously the, uh, the horrible things that were, uh, have been said about her or to her, uh, phone calls, death threats, whatever you want to call them, aside from all that, which, by the way, uh, they go away. Uh, anybody and in, in, in people are receiving death threats all the time, and they're just people who are uh, weird people who are making these uh, threats and allegations and, 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 and being mean to her. But with the exception of that, what really – do these women have to lose? Like what exactly is putting them in the crosshairs? Because right now the media is worshiping them. The me, the doc, Dr. Ford now has more attention, uh, uh, towards her. That is positive than negative. I mean, right. I mean, you're, you're looking at every, look at every news show, every, every show that you're seeing on the air. This these people are, th- these people think that she's, uh, the second coming. I mean, so what has been the downside of Dr. Ford coming and making this allegation? What's been the downside of it? Because because everywhere I turn, she's being treated like she's uh, she's uh, the Queen of England. I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't understand that. So so I don't know what this what the situation is here with this claim that somehow you'd have to be crazy to come forward. Look at all the criticism she's getting. Going, what criticism? I, as far as I'm concerned, it's Kavanaugh who's getting all the crap, not these, not these women. I mean, believe me, if you're a never-Trumper and, and you're Dr. Ford who marched in the, uh, the vagina hat marches there on, on the day of the president's inauguration and – you're an activist and your lawyer is is a declared member of the resistance. How can you possibly say that that this woman is risking anything by doing this? I mean, you're you're basically this is you know you're going down in history as they're comparing her to Anita Hill and and to and to a a fighter and to a brave soldier and finally coming forward and blah blah blah. When the when the reality is. Uh, she's doing more damage to the Me Too movement than than uh, anything good for it, because what she's doing is she's again with her flimsy claims. She has uh, nothing to stand by. There's there's nothing that that corroborates her story in any way, shape, or form. Not one thing. And the people she's named at the parties are saying this didn't happen. So imagine that. I mean. You couldn't make some kind of false claim against, uh, you know, Barack Obama and 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 
and not have anything corroborating it and still be as well off as Dr. Ford is. And by the way, she's able to command, thanks to our weak uh, Republican, she's able to command everything about this hearing. She's dictating the operations of a Senate Judiciary Committee. Again, what has been the downside for Dr. Ford? Dr. Ford has more power than the Senate Judiciary Committee right now. So, I mean, I don't understand what's been the, what's been the downside. Can anybody tell me at all? No. A couple of different things about it. And I think she said she... If you get George Stephanopoulos, who is a guy who uh, spent a lot of time during the Clinton days helping Hillary squash and crush her accusers, uh, women, and... and, and Follow them around and and put them, you know, interrogate them. Separate teams of lawyers would visit the homes of these women and threaten them and everything else. Stephanopoulos oversaw that. And here he is on ABC this week uh, talking about how this woman has to be believed. That that, 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 uh, he can't understand how anybody believes Kavanaugh. And and uh, doesn't believe her. He said a couple of different things about it. I think she said she the Leland said she wasn't at the party, but she also said she believes uh, Dr. Ford. But I take your point right there. You've said categorically that the allegation against Judge Kavanaugh is false. But how do you know that? Most women are not looking at this politically. I'm going to reiterate this. They're looking at this as if their finally voice is going right. to be heard right. and if they're going to be believed. For 5,000 years, <laughs> women have been... By the way, this is a, a Republican named Matthew Dowd, and he's just a fake Republican who appears on these shows uh, stunting as a Republican, and he's really just a sellout and tells the left everything they want to hear. Man, do you get tired of seeing these Republicans on these shows, these so-called Republicans on these shows, these uh, strategists? Remember Rick Wilson, the Republican strategist who hasn't won a race in his entire life? the never-Trumper Republican strategist who's on there on these shows every once in a while, Rick Wilson. Yeah, he's a Republican strategy strategist. Yeah, nice strategy, dude. Your whole You haven't won one race your entire life. I mean, you, 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 your entire life, maybe some local congressional race or something, but you haven't won one race in your entire life, and we're supposed to believe that what Rick Wilson says. This is uh, Matthew Dowd, and he's deciding that um, – Women, I don't know, are you all out there on your seat's edge trying to find out whether or not uh, people will believe her? And this is the basis on which you'll decide whether or not women of future generations will ever be believed if they come up with something or come up with an accusation or are groped or whatever. Is is everything, ladies uh, out there, is everything kind of hinging on – whether or not Dr. Ford prevails here? Because Matthew Dowd seems to believe that you're all out there uh, waiting to it's, see what's going to happen. If their finally voice is going right. to be heard right. and if they're going to be believed for 5,000 years. I mean, this guy, I, I talked about this way early this morning, but this guy is out of his tree. So he decides he's going to go back 5,000 years. And listen to him also kind of include the Catholic Church, a swipe against the Catholic Church in here as well, uh, just to kind of, be a defense for Dr. Ford. So so because 
for 5,000 years, I guess, what is he picturing? The, the caveman dragging the woman by her hair? Is that, that, you know, we've seen that before, that image before, right? And then the Catholic Church. So because of all that, Dr. Ford must be believed. This is the kind of stuff you see on your Sunday shows. Do any of you really watch any of these shows? Because I don't. I'd shoot the TV, Women have been like treated as property for centuries by institutions, including the Catholic Church, which I'm a member of. They've been treated as second-class citizens. Women didn't get the right to vote in this country until... Yeah, Matthew Dowd is a member of the Catholic Church, but he has no understanding at all about the Catholic Church and the role of women in the Catholic Church and the Catholic Church being the actual one of the most revered aspects of the Catholic Church happens to be a woman and that women are not priests because the apostles were all male. I mean, this is a guy, I, I, I'm assuming he's raised Catholic and apparently he uh, is just dumb as a bag of hair and absorbed none of what his faith is truly all about. But I, I went through that. If you want to hear my dissertation about the Catholic Church and about why things are the way they are uh, and, and why priests aren't married and why uh, priests aren't women and, and about Mary uh, and her the reverence for Mary, not the worship of Mary, the reverence of Mary, that you can listen to at uh, 6 o'clock anyway. 1920, even though they were told in the 1780s that all, all men are created equal in this. Women have dealt with this for hundreds and hundreds of years. And therefore, Dr. Ford should be believed. I mean, imagine this. Here's a guy who goes back 5,000 years, talks about the women's right to vote, or lack thereof, before 1920, and talks about the Catholic Church, and then comes to the conclusion that that must be why Dr. Ford should be believed, even though there's nothing that corroborates her story. I mean, this is hackery at the highest levels, people. question is, is will they be believed when they, when they, when they actively accuse a powerful man? And this well, maybe not, thanks to Dr. Ford, because Dr. Ford has come with, up with an accusation that cannot be supported by any evidence whatsoever. Has anybody been, I mean, this is like the Russia collusion thing all over again. Is there, is there any evidence at all that Trump colluded with the Russians? Is there any evidence at all that Dr. Ford was actually groped by, by Judge Kavanaugh or attacked or nearly murdered by him? Any evidence at all? Any one person who can corroborate her story? None. Yeah, but she passed the polygraph. Yeah, the, the, the family polygrapher. I'd love, again, is anybody remotely curious about this polygraph test? I mean, how, how is that possible that we're like, yeah, but she passed the polygraph test? I mean, Matt pointed out earlier, we found a home polygraph test on, uh, on, um, on Amazon. I don't know whether that's, that was it, but they had like a family. But apparently this was like a family affair, this polygraph test. Come on. I mean, how many of your BS meters are pinning at the mere circumstance surrounding what she uh, said? Man. Moment where, yes, the presumption of innocence is a standard and something that we need to do. Yeah, but it's not convenient now. Yeah, yeah, you know, that presumption of innocence thing is, is something that we is good, I guess. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's something. But, boy, it's really inconvenient now, isn't it, though? That whole presumption of innocence thing.
Part of the problem is that we've also said we put nagging presumption of innocence assume in these cases that the woman in most cases the woman is lying. So instead of saying, let's presume she's telling the truth. Uh, I think everybody except us are presuming she's telling the truth. That's what this is all about. That's why this long national nightmare has been going on for two and a half weeks now. Because she's presumed to be telling the truth. And again, I don't know what happened. We don't know what happened there. But if somebody is going to make an accusation, why is it that we cannot expect just a modicum of support for said accusation? Why can't we? This idea somehow that she's now being re-victimized is ridiculous. Hell, she's running the show there. The, the, these uh, these Republicans are letting her call all the shots. We have a presumption of innocence. What do we do? And when we look at this from that context, and women have had to deal with this for many, many years. It wasn't until the right. 80s that, based, that women were, that we finally were telling women that, yes, you can be raped in marriage, that most of cases of rape aren't reported, that most cases aren't investigated, that most of these things women aren't believed. In the extremely rare cases that somebody is, gives fault witness and doesn't tell the truth is compared to the extremely common cases right. where women aren't believed. And well, when we right, get to, right, part right. of the problem when we get to a he said, she said is almost every single time in a he said, she said case, he the wins. default position is he wins. But this is one. Well, not exactly. Uh, you mean, oh, well, I guess if you go, if you go back to Bill Clinton days, when George Stephanopoulos and Hillary engineered the smear job of all the women who came forward and made accusations against Bill Clinton. And these were actually corroborated. These were accusations actually had not only support by witnesses, but also support on tape, tape recordings and things like that. Stephanopoulos still managed to, to, to engineer the collapse of their story. So I guess if Matthew Dowd is speaking about the Clintons, now would he be on this ABC show in front of the little short boy who was part of all this, George Stephanopoulos, would he have the balls to actually say, yeah, George, you should remember how uh, he said, she said cases result in, in he winning because you engineered it actually. But he wouldn't say that on this show, which would actually have a more honest discussion. But instead, you've got Matthew Dow just basically working in, and, and prostituting himself for the uh, for the Democrats and the never Trumpers out there. Reason that she wanted to keep this private, not only for her privacy, but also for his privacy, that she simply felt duty bound. As I'm sorry, I don't know who this woman is. And this is, I think she's uh, Cheryl Gay Stolberg. She's a New York Times reporter. But oftentimes you're just, uh, I'm watching. I don't watch these shows, so I watch these clips. I don't know who the hell these people are. Nobody does. Who watches these shows, by the way? I'd love to know, like, the people who, I, I would never in a million years sit down and devote one heartbeat to watching a show like this. I, I, I couldn't do it. And and quite possibly I'd have a I'd have a meltdown at home and uh, that's why I you know I've been banned from watching the news with anybody because I I just scream at the TV so I, I and and I'm telling you like I said earlier give me a give me a uh, peanut butter and banana sandwich and a few barbiturates and some big sideburns and 
and me shooting my TV, I'd be Elvis totally in my own home. If it, that's why that's what's preventing me from being a reincarnation of Elvis. It's because I do not watch these Sunday shows. If I did watch them, um, I would be exactly like Elvis. I'd have TVs piled up along the wall there with holes in them. Citizen to share this information with the committee, even going so far as before he was nominated, back when he was on the short list and his name was surfacing, she wanted to share this And, and that's why what Senator Feinstein did here is reprehensible, because she and her staff leaked this information. We don't know that. No, no I don't think we know that. Oh, no! I mean, you know, that, that's what happens on these shows, because they had uh, What's-His-Face on there, and he was uh, trying to, uh, you know... Uh, in in some way, shape, or form, you know, Chris was trying. Chris Christie was trying to uh, just invoke some degree of like, wow, this is horrible. What Diane? No, and then, and then he's mobbed by everybody on the panel. This would drive me nuts. I couldn't. I couldn't watch a show like this. There's no I, doubt I, in my mind. We don't know that. I actually don't I mean, look, 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 look what happened. I mean, Matthew Dow just sat, sat there and, and uh, blathered on for 10 minutes without anybody injecting anything. Uh, Chris Christie says one and little thing. And that's what Senator Feinstein did here is reprehensible. Because she and her staff leaked this information. We don't know that. No, no I don't think we know, know that. that. No, no. Yes, there's no I, I, doubt in my mind. We don't know that. I actually don't think that. I mean, to, 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 the, to the point where, I mean, you just heard that entire clip there, which is two minutes and 22 seconds, right? Everybody had their little thing to say. Chris Christie mentions one thing, and they mob the guy. To the point where uh, Stephanopoulos actually puts his hands up. Uh... And 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 stops everybody. It's like, come on! You mean Chris Christie doesn't have can't get a word in edgewise without evidence? I mean, there you go. That's why we don't watch this stuff because it drives us nuts. Are you really gonna? Are you gonna really gonna watch? uh, um, Here's Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden decides he's going to be on on the Today Show on Friday, and. and, and they talked to him about the Senate and the handling of these uh, of these investigations. And listen to what Joe Biden has to say about this. Check this out. I mean, this is how would you suggest that the uh, that the Senate handle these allegations? I called Joe Biden earlier, the next skeleton of the United States. And, and who knows? I think they should do an FBI investigation. We did that for Anita Hill. Took two days. Number one. And number two, most importantly. Anita Hill. How does an FBI investigation, by the way, take two days? I mean, I, I, uh, how, how, how does any FBI investigation take two days? Yeah, it took two days. Had a little, I need to say, oh, really, Joe? Oh. Was vilified when she came forward by a lot of my colleagues. Character assassination. I wish I could have done more to prevent those questions and the way they asked them. No. Joe Biden, by the way, was the one who I don't I don't know how he's allowed to come on here without anybody getting in his face. Joe Biden was the one who received the most criticism for how he questions Anita uh, Anita Hill, and in fact, Joe Biden I thought did a really good job uh, questioning Anita Hill, and now he's he's trying to pretend it never happened and 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 look at him talking about how those questions were asked. You mean the questions that came out of your mouth, Joe? I mean, these guys are able to rewrite history right in front of our eyes. George Stephanopoulos well, first in, in terms of uh, – there's George Stephanopoulos who spent 
a large part of his career and his time smushing and squashing women who came forward to talk about Bill Clinton. And then you have Joe Biden going on here talking about, yeah, you know, I certainly wish we didn't Anita have... Anita Hill took two days, number one. And number two, most importantly, Anita Hill was vilified when she came forward by a lot of my colleagues, character assassination. I wish I could have done more to prevent those questions in the way... That's, this is a total lie. Joe Biden was really hard on Anita Hill. And, and, and rightly so. I mean, she was, she was coming up with a lot of things that there was not any kind of evidence for. And Joe Biden was the one who was in, ha- handling all this stuff. Asked them. I hope my colleagues learned from that. You were uh, chairman of the Judiciary yep. Committee back in 1991. You were roundly criticized for uh, not doing more uh, during that hearing. Um, Looking back on that, specifically, how would you advise senators to proceed next week? The woman should be given the benefit of the doubt and not be not be, uh, um, you know, uh, abused again by the system. You're making a charge against somebody that currently has zero corroboration. You're making a charge against somebody that will not only derail their chances to become a Supreme Court justice, but will also result in their career being over. And I, I don't need to repeat this, but I will just for the sake of uh, keeping straight here. The if, if Kavanaugh is not confirmed for the Supreme Court because of an allegation of attempted rape, he will automatically lose his job on the federal appeals court because if he can't be on the Supreme court, the highest court in the land because of an allegation of sexual assault, you can't be on the second highest court in the land. It stands to reason. So here's somebody who's making an allegation. that has no corroboration whatsoever. There's not one shred of evidence aside from what she says that this happened. And I'm sorry to tell you, all of you out there, I don't care whether you're a woman or a man, you all know that uh, somebody saying something is not evidence. As much as you, as much as you want to make sure that somebody who really is a victim gets help and, and should, as much as you, as much as you want to believe that and say that, and, and as important as that is, and it's true. You also have to deal with evidence as it is, and sometimes it's a bummer. Something might have happened to you, but if you don't have evidence to support it, you're not able, and you're not able to prove it, then that's you, that's your tough luck at this point. There's there's nothing you can do, and so so merely the fact that she said this. Uh, doesn't automatically give her the credibility. In fact, there's so much that a- in her story and to her story that actually uh, that actually uh, in, in this in this day and age, so much of her story that actually leads to to the conclusion that she's lying. She doesn't have any corroboration, and she's an activist. She's an anti-Trump activist, and her lawyer is an anti-Trump activist. Her lawyer, who defended actually Al Franken, of all people, who actually admitted what he did. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. This is this is uh, crazy, and we're allowing all these people to go out there, and 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 because apparently Clarence Thomas, and this is Joe Biden's 
viewpoint. This is Joe Biden, by the way, who can't pass by a 12-year-old girl without groping her himself. Have you seen videos of Joe Biden and how he kisses and touches and ugh, all, all, all these girls who come in uh, with, their, with their dads who are uh, being sworn in? As new senators, because that's that's that was Joe Biden's job as vice president and president of the Senate. Then at that point, uh, you, you're the one who swears in the new senators, and uh, and Joe Biden. You, there's video after video after video of him creeping out these little girls and wives. Joe Biden's the kind of guy, and I've done. I don't have my uh, stuff with me. I guess I could. Joe Biden is the guy who he's that guy at, at work. You know, you've, you've, you've probably been around these guys before. He's that guy who, who they think it's okay to like walk up behind some woman and put their hands on her shoulders and, and talk to her from behind. You know, guys like that who do that kind of stuff. There's always that guy out there who, who, who does that, and it happens all the time. Or the guy, I remember one guy at, um, at uh, Channel 4, he'd walk around the room, and he'd, he'd, he'd walk up behind women who were sitting and working, and he'd start massaging their shoulders. And I'm like, I look at this guy, like, I can't believe these women are putting up with that. And usually what happens is because your first inclination as a woman is to turn around and punch him in the throat, uh, unless, it's a, unless it's a real, like, unless it's somebody who's really a friend of yours or, or really a close friend, I can't imagine that being comfortable for any woman to have, uh, to have somebody walk up behind them and start massaging their shoulders. It would drive me crazy. Linda, did you just put up the video of um, of Biden up there for people to watch? Thank you. If you did, I think that's probably it. But yeah, wh- uh, but how many of you, by the way, just just as a side question, do you like it when people you can't you, when you're at work and people come up and massage your shoulders like guys? Do you like that? Because I can't imagine you liking that. I mean, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even want a woman doing that to me. I, it would drive me up the friggin' wall. But yeah, he would, he would, um, he'd have his, he'd have his, yeah, I mean, he'd have these guys, yeah, these guys walk up, but Joe Biden's that guy. He's that guy who thinks that he, he owns everybody's daughter and wife or whatever. He's the guy who walks into the room and he'll, and th- th- he's creepy as hell, Biden is. And, and he'll walk up, and he and but you see those videos, and you, uh, and and he's like he he'll put and, and with the with the little girls he'll put his I, if he did that to my girl I would punch him unconscious I mean I'm telling you but he but he's some here he is with his his Kent cigarette and bourbon breath breathing down the and and, and his and his certs mints. Breathing down the the backs of these twelve year old girls. Hey, I just want to. I mean, look, look at the video. I mean, golly, but he's that guy at work who runs around and hey, you know, or or that guy who heaven forbid walks up behind a woman and starts to, you know, I've I've, I've seen so many women who these guys do that to them, and they're and they they're trying to, 
not punch his throat of the of the guy doing that. They're trying not to do that. So they have kind of this cringy little, oh, think. It's like, oh, Lord, I would, seriously, because you don't want to cause a scene or anything. But now we got to hear from Joe Biden about, you know, the proper way to deal with people who are uh, victimized. My biggest regret was I didn't know how I could shut you off as you were a senator and you were attacking Nina Hill's character. And so what happened was she got victimized again during during the process. Joe Biden sat there. He was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. He sat there and let these guys ask her questions. And he should have. He did the right thing. Uh, this is not about victimizing somebody all over again. You make an accusation, uh, you're expected to have evidence. You're expected to have something and come forward with something. You're expected to corroborate your story. And when you're a never-Trumper and you're an anti-Trump, anti-Republican, pro-abortion, vagina-hat-wearing activist, and you have a lawyer that is the exact same and you're making a claim, when you have zero corroboration, that means your story stinks to high heaven. Now, certainly no one who is uh, an activist or is a, is a uh, person, that doesn't mean they deserve to be groped or assaulted. But at the very least, you need to have some evidence. Because everything points to her doing this for political reasons. That's all. I always say to men, they say, why so hard? How about if you've been abused? You, you see the movie Deliverance? How about if you were the guy strapped to the tree? Would you come forward? So Biden makes a deliverance reference of uh, where, you know, clearly that was a very disturbing thing. But it's funny how he brings that up and and and, and uses it as an example of of how there are so many women and there are women who don't come forward, but coming from a guy who, uh, who gropes little girls and there's video after video of the guy doing it. I'm sorry, but that tends to kind of uh, impugn you just a tad, but that's what we're getting. These people who are out there just kind of like, Oh, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden's able to rewrite history. Stephanopoulos is able to rewrite history. Uh, Matthew Dowd is able to invoke history. And we have to then believe Dr. Ford when we have no evidence whatsoever to support her claim. None. None. People. I eat Aunt the pasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina. Angelina, we're to see Louis Prima grow up in that waitress. He just eats Auntie Pasta twice. And has soup and minestrone. He loves her so much. Maybe if Joe Biden would have more soup and minestrone. And eat some antipasta twice. He would have just simply left those twelve-year-old girls alone. Yeah. Of course, uh, Louis. Louis was a smooth operator, buddy. He'd have. Uh, 
He had young Keely Smith as his uh, paramour. Young Keely Smith with the most beautiful voice you're ever going to hear. I think he was like 25 years older than she was. And married her. I wound up divorcing, but... Nice couple, though. They had a, they did a song together. Did you hear this song? Keely Smith. Old black magic has me in a spell. Louis Prima. Old black magic that you weave so well. Yeah. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. The same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine. Facebook, I can't even keep same up with this. That I feel They're inside. scrambling. All their, all their algorithmic people are. All their people are going away. But Keeler Smith is still alive. Think, right? Can you guys check that out for me, please? Although the queen of outer space has died. Lori Mitchell. She was in the... Uh, she was in the uh, movie called Queen of Outer Space, 1958. Died of natural causes, 90 years old. Lori Mitchell. Boy, she's beautiful, too. Oh, you don't think you don't think I have a? Uh, oh, she died two years ago. Thank you, Margaret. Keely Smith died. <laughs> Louis got a song for outer space too. Remember this? This was back in the day when. When the uh, we had the space race, you know, with Russia, or the, the, at that time it was the uh, Soviet Union, and we had uh, this is when he, he put this song out because everybody was like kind of into space stuff. In fact, I think this was like I think this was like nineteen actually nineteen fifty eight when the Queen of Outer Space came out. But they were all like into the space program and the idea of going to space. This was when Russia or the Soviet Union came up with the. Uh, remember Sputnik? Sputnik! And so Louis Prima put together a song that had the little beep beep. A little out of space. I should have I should have this as Mark Cation's theme song because, as you all know, he gets dropped off from his spaceship here at the Radio Free Allman Studios. I loved it back then, back the innocence of space. Those. Uh, <laughs> it was also new to them back then, you know. I don't know whether you heard the uh, 
there are a lot of people who were weirded out by the whole space thing and atomic power and all that kind of stuff. And these guys were having fun with it. I think that was when, uh, remember when Quisp came out? And it was like that Martian guy. Quisp was like a Martian guy, wasn't he? I think. Now, have you guys heard this one, though? I don't know whether you guys have ever heard of the Leuven Brothers before. Uh, I've played them before. Now, the Leuven Brothers were two guys, Ira and uh, George, I think. Uh, think. Um, Ira uh, and George, I think it was George Leuven, too. One of them died in a car crash in, Spring, in, uh, uh, in Missouri. But uh, back in those days, like when, when we first were discovering space and atomic power and all that kind of stuff, there are a lot of people really freaked out by that, all that. And the Leuven brothers were guys who were uh, religious singers, good guys too. They're great, and they've had you know they they have an album called Satan is Real. Remember that one? Yeah, they have Satan is Real and this big devil, and 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 the Leuven brothers were both you know they're 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 brothers. Okay, they're like a couple years apart, and they're both like you know on the on the album cover, and Satan's like you know uh, like the big face of Satan, and they're like kind of like acting menaced by Satan. Satan is real. Because they were very religious guys. And, and they sang a lot. And their songs were very popular, especially in more of the uh, rural uh, areas. But, but they're a great, and they're a great group. And, they, and their harmonizing was unbelievable. So, they, so back when, when we first kind of discovered, uh, when like it was, we already had uh, blasted, uh, yeah, Matt, Fire and Brimstone Gospel. It was good, but it was actually great music. Of course, a lot of gospel is really good music. I remember watching all the gospel shows in the, uh, in the morning uh, before church sometimes. They'd have the, the, the gospel family singers would all be there. We'd watch uh, Fractured Fairy Tales, and, uh, and then um, they'd have the gospel people on every once in a while. But anyway, so so when they came out with the so we already had incinerated uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, right? And it was 1945, and so uh, then we started to actually produce atomic power was like a kind of a big deal, and that was when we started then the, the whole uh, uh, Cuban the Cuban Missile Crisis then developed in the 61, and then we had the the the, the Cold War, so to speak, uh, and that was after Korea, and then then the Soviet Union became uh, a big deal. That was a big deal. That was that was around the time right before 1960 when we uh, when we decided to put uh, "In God We Trust" on the paper money, and just to, just to freak the commies out. That's kind of what we did. We, we did that because uh, they were already it was already on the coins, but we put it on the paper money. To to uh, and, and and passed a resolution. I think it was like in fifty six or fifty eight or some crazy time like that. And we passed p- Congress approved in God we trust on the paper money, and we did all kinds of things to try to freak the Soviet Union out. And uh, yeah, Margaret, Rocky and Bullwinkle and Fractured Fairy Tales, right on Sunday. But anyway, so we started to get into the kind of this. Um, uh, well, there was there was the threat of nuclear war. I mean, it, it went from fat man and little boy to us mass producing 
uh, atomic weapons, where we uh, nuclear weapons that we were able to kind of like, and that, and then if you had the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was closer than a lot of people believe when it comes to a missile, a nuclear missile strike. So everybody was really kind of freaked out about it. That was when you had the uh, the, the the duck and cover movement in schools, you know, the duck and cover, and that was where they're teaching kids, hey, in the event of a nuclear war, just dive under your desk, everything will be okay. That was the, you know, so so people were taught duck and cover to go uh, to go under their desk. Anyway, so 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 a lot of the fear about nuclear war and nuclear this uh, and that was was very real. And so the Leuven brothers uh, put together a song called The Great Atomic Power. It's a really good song. I think there are some bands who have actually redone it, though, too. Before I get to it, hey, Brett Steinoff, thanks, man. Glad you're watching, buddy. Uh, by the way, I was thinking about you guys because uh, yesterday, so I took Okay, here, let me double back here. Darn it. I get, I get so distracted. Anyway, Brett's going to be there with the County Browns at Thursday's Radio Free Elman Happy Hour at Santino, Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Shannon and Mike are ready for us and ready for you. We've got to have a bourbon tasting, thanks to my guys at Glazers, uh, who are the distributors, the main biggest distributor of uh, liquor uh, here in town, and they're great people out there. They're going to have a little uh, whiskey bourbon tasting there, and we're going to have the County Browns there with $10 plate barbecue, and we're raising money for Backstoppers. Uh, Santino Cigars and Cocktails off of Vogel Road. We're going to start at 5. It's going to be on Thursday, and they're going to um, to do it on uh, – so we're going to be there Thursday, 5 o'clock, so hang out with us. Uh, we're gonna, they've got any kind of drink you can imagine. $10 a plate, thanks to the County Brown guys. And they're going to uh, have all kinds of different uh, match points. They have all different sauces. They're a great group of guys. And we're going to make a uh, – we're going to go ahead and, and – um, and make a $10 plate. And, and so it's uh, pulled pork and two sides. It's a great deal for you guys. And then uh, all the drinks you can undertake. He's got all the cigars you could possibly want there. And then we're going to make a uh, uh, a play from having the Radio Free Almond cigar bands. I don't think we're going to actually get them in time to, for this, but eventually we're going to get them out there uh, for all of you to hang out and get some Radio Free Almond cigars. I was thinking of Brett, though, yesterday because I went to the uh, – Officer Flamian, uh, the the uh, um, hot dogs. Now I can't remember what it was called. Now um, uh, hot dogs for yeah, what is it again? I, I was there for crying out loud. What? Hot dogs for heroes. Yeah, hot dogs for heroes. I was there. I can't remember the damn name. What's wrong with me? Anyway, I got too much going on in my head. So. Uh, uh, we had the hot dogs for heroes uh, for Officer Flamian, for uh, Ryan O'Connor, the Arnold uh, police officer down, and a city police officer. We were raising money. They raised gobs of money, by the way, at that event. It was fantastic. I brought Aiden and Natalie there, and we and and they had a great time. Natalie uh, was able with uh, Tammy Scott, who is uh, a listener to the show, a longtime listener to the show, who is uh, just just fantastic. She's a true. Uh, 
warrior and angel, and she's a flight nurse there for Mercy, and she and her team were there, Mandy and uh, the rest of the gang there, um, and, and Aaron and, and the rest of the crew there. Uh, so there were all kinds of medical helicopters there, and Natalie was just thrilled by the whole event. And Natalie one time wanted to be a flight attendant. I go, well, what if you were a flight attendant, but you saved lives? Wouldn't that be cool? And she goes, I don't know whether I'm ready to be a first responder yet. That was from the mouth of sweet, lovely Natalie. And so uh, anyway, it was a great time. And so I I bought some raffle tickets, and we put them in the tub. Uh, The music was great. Bought some raffle tickets. They raised a ton of money there. And uh, and and I appreciated the the being there. So bought some raffle because I won. I won a, I won one of the raffles. I won. Check this out, Brett. I won barbe- a barbecue party for twenty. I was wondering whether that was one of the county brown guys. It was Joe uh, something. I don't. I don't think it was. But anyway, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it, it was a barbecue party for twenty. So I don't know. Maybe I'll eventually have all you over for. a Barbecue party for twenty. I don't know. We'll get to it. Pulled pork and chicken. I was lucky. I never. I never win anything. So it was cool. I was glad about that. But thank you guys at the Hot Dogs for Heroes event. That was uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, Brett. Is it? it do, do you think? Uh, do you think it was one of the County Brown guys who put that up there? I don't know. I wish I had his name. I, I can't remember. Uh, it was Joe something. <laughs> but I wish I was. Um, uh, I was. Uh, Wish I, I, I remember the name, but I, I thought maybe it was a County Brown guy. Anyway, uh, it was a great time out there. And here's here's the backstory on all that, though, you guys. Uh, you know what happened? Hot Dogs for Heroes almost didn't happen because you know that changeover out there at Chesterfield Mall. I don't know what that place has become a uh, abandoned place. It looked like, but anyway, uh, the hot uh, the Hot Dogs for Heroes guys was the third annual. Uh, Officer Flamey and Hot Dogs for Heroes, and they told me when I went to pick up my raffle thing, they went and they said when they they it almost didn't happen because when they had this changeover, somebody else bought Chesterfield Mall or something like that, and they uh, came up with a uh, uh, they said, oh okay, uh, we lost your contract. They're like, what? Yeah, we don't even we don't have we don't know where the contract is. We don't even know what's happening, and they're like, um. Okay, so that meant that whatever contracts they have, um, they uh, they was was not there anymore. So they couldn't use the Chesterfield Mall lot that they were planning on using. So up stepped the Macy's guy. I wish I knew his name. They, I think they they mentioned him as the Macy's guy. I wish I I could give him a personal shout out. But uh, Macy stepped up and said, "Oh, you can use our lot all you want." Uh, you can use our, our lot all day long if you want to. Uh, and, uh, and so that saved the third annual Mike Flamey and Officer Flamey and Hot Dogs for Heroes. Uh, and, and so thank you to Macy's for making that happen because they basically just uh, um, rolled out the red carpet for them. And, and thank you to Macy's out there in Chesterfield for um, saving the third. And, and they'll be back there next year thanks to Macy's again because they just said, use our lot. You had the whole run of the place. Boom. And that's why it was uh, where it was. All right. So back to the Lubin brothers. So they back in the day, they had this crazy fear, and everybody did, about nuclearization. And this is 1962. And the Lubin brothers came up with this tune. It's an awesome one.
By the way, you pull me off for this Facebook, God will get you. Do you fear this man's invention that they call atomic time? Are we all in great confusion? Do we know the time arrived? When a terrible explosion may rain down upon our land, leaving horrible destruction, blotting out the works of man. Are you ready for that great atomic power? Will you rise and meet your Savior in the air? Will you shout or will you cry when the fire rains from on high? Are you ready for that great atomic power? By the way, these guys are dead serious about this, I hope you know. Like they're not just singing this as a joke or anything. They this is real. Like they're they're serious about it. There is one way to escape it. Be prepared to meet the Lord. Give your heart and soul to Jesus. He will be your shielding sword. He will surely stand beside you, and you'll never taste of death. Yeah, they, they did a lot of gospel stuff, but they also did a lot of. Um, they all did some love songs too. Listen to this one. This is good. Get into this. This is when they're a little older. They recorded this song. A little. Uh, they have a version when they're done when they were younger. So they had that one, and then they had, this is a good one, too. This is a great one. While you're cheating on me, I'm praying for you. <laughs> this is awesome. These guys had a really good harmony. They were fantastic. Are so true. For when you were faithful to me, I cheated on you. Amazing. The Leuven Brothers, L O U V I N. I think I, I think I finally outsmarted Facebook. <laughs> they don't know what to do with this. They're 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 uh, they're um. <laughs> Did they? Oh no! Damn it! Oh man, how could you pull me off of the Leuven Brothers? Sorry. Golly, how'd they do that? What's their label? That's Gusto Records. Something like that. I don't know how they could do that. Something's just not right about pulling me up on Facebook for that. I mean, hell, I'm selling, like, Leuven Brothers records for them. I don't understand how they can do that to me. 
Oh, well. What's that? Yeah, you th- yeah, you think that, that that it would be we could say that it's uh God's will that we all God is wanting us to listen to that music and you know uh I guess I got to turn it off cuz it'll get me back again. All right. Whatever. Those people are mean. Well, I'm going to take it. I got I'll stop it now cuz they'll they'll now come back after me then I guess. So I should have I should have known better. Sorry about that, people. Well, it was it was uh, it was exactly like while I was bragging about about all this, I uh, I they they pulled me off while uh, in mid brag. Maybe you think it was the fact that I was bragging that that, that they uh, they decided they were going to do uh, do that. Do you think that maybe I bragged and they're going to pay me back for bragging? That might be what their whole deal is. Uh, yeah. You know what? The, here's the here's the here's the latest uh, that you're getting. This is the latest ridiculousness. Uh, that that now uh, the Democrat future, uh, Michael Avenetti, who is Stormy Daniels, is uh, sorry about that, people. I was Louvened, says Kathy. <laughs> Yeah, see, you, you, you know what? Uh, maybe, maybe Facebook, because they don't listen to anything, but they have algorithms. But uh, you'd think, and, and Matt pointed out, uh, rightly so, that this is God's music. It's gospel music. So it should have, so sh- we should have uh, automatic ability to, to access to it. Uh, but, you know, as they pointed out, Satan is real. And Satan came in. And could not tolerate the fact that I was uh, playing gospel music, and therefore, uh, you know, uh, he wanted. He, I, I think what happened was he was um, he was angry at me. Satan was for playing gospel music and spreading the word of Jesus, and uh, didn't like it. And so, therefore, I was I was pulled off of Facebook. Now, because you know what. Because you know that uh, I bet I bet we'll do the ultimate test before I get to the uh, the new gang rape accusation levied now towards Kavanaugh by none other than the uh, person who defended Stormy Daniels, the porn star. He's now saying that Kavanaugh ran a ran a uh, a gang rape enterprise, a gang rape ring. That's how ridiculous this whole thing has gotten. Anyway, uh, the uh, I, I you know what, Scotty? I don't have that box anymore. I had a box that used to be the Satan voice. I, I'll have to do that when we uh, pump things up for uh, Radio Free Elman 2.0. I have to make one of my requests being the, the box. But here's how we'll be able to tell whether or not uh, the devil was the one, the Satan was the one who pulled me off the air for playing gospel music. Because let's see how the let's see if Satan has any any. Uh, we'll see. Because if 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 Satan pulls me off for this one, if I get pulled off for this one, it'll prove that Satan was not responsible for the Leuven brothers pull off. So let me just see here. Let's see if Satan will pull me off for this. Because I think Satan likes this. So if it, if, if it were Satan. That pulled me off for playing gospel music. 
Let's see if he'll pull me off for Hellbilly Deluxe. And if I get pulled off for this, it'll prove that it wasn't Satan. It wasn't. It, it was Satan because I could play that with impunity, and and uh, he let me play Hellbilly Deluxe, but didn't let me play the Leuven Brothers. So it proves now again I have exposed Satan as being the one that pulled me off uh, Facebook, and so now I know. Anyway, the latest charge is from this Avenetti character, and he's claiming that that. Uh, Kavanaugh was uh, the ran a gang rape ring. <laughs> I'm not laughing at a gang rape ring. I'm gr- laughing at the fact that this sounds so patently ridiculous uh, that uh, hold on, they get pulled off. No, see, I didn't. See, told you, I told you it was Satan. Satan. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he. Satan's like, yeah, play Rob Zombie all you want. I'll leave you alone. But Leuven Brothers, you start talking about God and about praying and stuff like that and meeting your maker in the end, I'm going to yank you away from Facebook as quickly as you can say, don't. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, Michael Avenetti now says he has knowledge that Kavanaugh and Mark Judge targeted women with drugs and alcohol in order to allow a train of men to gang rape them. I think Avenetti's thinking, I think he's mixing his uh, genres here. Because I think Avenetti's thinking of that Stormy Daniels, uh, the pincushion movie that she made. In Avenetti's email, he posted a screenshot of it on Twitter he had significant evidence of multiple house parties in the Washington, D.C. area during the early 1980s where Kavanaugh, Judge, and others would participate in the targeting of women with alcohol and drugs. Uh, and he included a list of, of questions that he wants the, uh, the Senate to ask Kavanaugh when he's, when he's up there. And, and, and hold on, let me just see if I can find it here. Hold on. This... Uh, damn computers acting up on me here. Uh, let me just see here. Here's what he said. Um, this is this is what Avenetti wants. This is how what a you know what show this is going to be on Thursday. Uh, and um, Michael Avenetti says you need to ask these questions of of Brett Kavanaugh. And by the way, this is typical of questions that are like the, the when did you stop beating your wife questions. Here. Did you ever target one or more women for sex or rape at a house party? Did you ever assist Mark Judge or others in doing so? Did you ever communicate with Mark Judge or anyone else about your participation in a train involving an intoxicated woman? Did you ever object or attempt to prevent one or more men from participating in the rape or taking advantage of a woman at any house party? So, uh, 
here's here's the he, there's at least one person taking him seriously, and this was Mike Davis, who's the chief counsel for nominations with the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. And he says, because um, because what evidently did was he posted the list at seven thirty three uh, p.m. Uh, yesterday. And he said, uh, you claim to have information you consider credible regarding Judge Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. Please advise of this information immediately so that Senate investigators may promptly begin inquiry. So his. Here is here is his response. Of course, he didn't provide any evidence. He just provided a list of questions that the Judiciary Committee should ask. Kavanaugh. Once again, it's another one of these snow jobs, these railroad smear jobs that once again, when even asked if he has the evidence, he goes, I have evidence. Tell us what the evidence is so that we can investigate. Well, here's what he said. He goes, we're aware of significant evidence of multiple house parties in D.C. during the early 80s, which Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, and others would participate in the targeting of women with alcohol and judge or, or drugs in order to allow a train of men to subsequently gang rape them. There are multiple witnesses that will corroborate these facts, and each of them must be called to testify publicly. As a starting point, Senate investigators should pose the following questions. Why would you need a starting point, Mike Avenetti? Why would you need a starting point? Because apparently you say there are multiple witnesses that will, or who will, is actually uh, is, is the proper English, but who, who's counting with Avenetti, the hack St. Louis-bred lawyer? There are multiple witnesses that will corroborate these facts, and each of them must be called to testify publicly. Again, if there are multiple witnesses who will corroborate the facts that – Kavanaugh and Mark Judge were running a gang rape ring. Don't you think those people would have come out at this point by now? Uh, don't you think that so, – so instead of actually giving the evidence there, he's saying, well, ask them these questions. It's like, oh, come on, you pansy, you shyster. So, so again – this is how easy it is to, to, to smear somebody and destroy somebody. When you're directly asked, uh, what exact evidence do you have so we can immediately investigate? Evidence is like, well, we have a lot of people, but just ask the judge these questions as a starting point. It's like, no, uh, we're not going to ask him questions as a starting point when you say you already have started. You already have apparently the – uh, the the multiple witnesses who will corroborate this story, and each of them must be called to te- testify publicly. If you have these witnesses, tell us who they are. I mean, I I, I don't understand why uh, this is allowed to be the case with Avenetti throwing this stuff out there and then saying, "Yeah, but ask these questions." Now, let me ask you this. If you if somebody came to you and it doesn't matter what it is uh came to you and I've had this happen before where I as a reporter you know people would make these kinds of accusations or make these insinuations and I'd say uh well let, give me the give me the evidence let me know what's up let me know what these guys are up to and and then they don't they go no um before I do that ask them these questions it's like no I'm not going to – because what happens is asking the questions themselves tends to become 
evidence. Like in, in the minds of some of these hacks out there, just asking the questions uh, and making the insinuations is enough. And that's what they want. That's what Avenetti wants out there is this is this just ask them the questions instead of actually coming up with something that that has any kind of any kind of meat to it. Just ask the questions and do our dirty work for us. And then we're going to be able to uh, to to uh, to work this out. And also, again. Avenetti's putting this out there and saying, ask the questions as a starting point, because again, they want to keep delaying this. They want to keep going and going and going. And, and, and keep in mind, uh, Dianne Feinstein now wants another delay uh, in, in, in this. They don't want this to happen. When are we going to finally catch on to what these people are up to and what these people are doing. When are we finally going to actually call a spade a spade and know exactly what these folks are up to? And, and, and we see it all the time. The problem is it's being willfully allowed by the news media and everybody else because they are uh, deciding that they're going to, that, 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 that this is fully okay to make these accusations, but have nothing to, uh, to, to back them up with nothing. And that's and that's the real problem we're facing now is because we're in the situation where hey uh, now we're uh, having to to deal with uh, somebody who says that he uh, is is part of a gang rape ring, but but they but they won't come up with any evidence and, and instead want the judiciary committee to ask. By the way, I saw this. This is uh, fantastic news. Uh, more than half of U.S. business owners now say the Trump tariff move is positive for the economy. Now, there are some others who actually s- clearly are suspicious, but here's uh, the latest, okay? A Yahoo Finance survey of nearly 1,100 business owners says that – actually, it's almost half. It's not more than half. Half of the business community say Trump's tariffs are good for the American economy and their sales – Roughly 49% of business owners said the tariffs on imported products are positive for their business. This breaks down to about 38% of business owners who said the tariffs are extremely positive and 11% who said the tariffs are somewhat positive. 36% of business owners said the tariffs were a net negative for the economy and business. 23% 23% say they're extremely negative, so that's a quarter of our business owners out there, and 13% who called them somewhat negative. Business owners are more likely to call Trump's tariffs extremely positive than they are to say the tariffs are negative. Uh, American voters by a majority support Trump's tariffs as well, even though Democrats and GOP establishment guys are opposing uh, this economic nationalism. Recent poll found that 63% of midterm voters say they either support the protective tariffs or would like to give them more time to work. Now, keep in mind, I don't know what the ridiculous wet dreamers there in the Democratic Party are thinking is going to happen in the midterms. But keep in mind, there are a lot of Democrats, uh, uh, blue-collar workers who previously have voted Democrat who aren't going to dare vote to roll back the president's agenda. I I don't know uh, what 
this situation they think is going to happen here. I don't know what they're thinking is going to go on, uh, but these guys think that the same people who came out and voted for President Trump's agenda will two years later vote in droves for people to roll it back. I don't know where the this common sense is coming from on their part in terms of what they think is going to happen because it's not commonsensical to believe that these blue-collar workers are now suddenly going to turn out to vote Democrat. How is that possible? And, and, and the truth of the matter is it's not going to happen. Uh, the, the, the Democrats are not going to take over the Senate, and they won't take over the House either. Again, listen to what it takes uh, for this to, this to happen. You have to have a bunch of blue-collar workers, and I'm looking at this tariff uh, situation now, where uh, nearly half of the businesses say this has been positive. A quarter of them say this is extremely positive, even though a quarter of them say it's been negative too. But now keep in mind, these are, these are people who say it's negative, but have they, have they taken the time to adjust? Have they, do, have, they, have they taken time to figure out a way to work with the system now that's been brought to them, or are they just going to give in, give it up? I don't know. There have been about, this is according to uh, Breitbart, about 11,000 U.S. jobs created due to Trump's protective tariffs. Now, there are, though, on paper, 514 job losses directly tied to the tariffs. There are 20 times as many American jobs that have been created in the last six months thanks to the tariffs on imported foreign goods than jobs that have been lost. So there have been some people who have lost jobs. Why did they lose their jobs? And, and is there a possibility that some of the people who lost their jobs uh, lost their jobs because these, uh, these people have not adjusted to this new economy, so to speak? I don't know. But again, you'd have to imagine with 11,000 new jobs being created thanks to the tariffs. And keep in mind, these 11,000 new jobs, well, as, as a percentage of the population is small, I, I, I get that. But 11,000 new jobs, uh, these are mostly blue-collar jobs. These are mostly the, the people who are working in factories and in manufacturing. This is where the large, largest growth in job creation has been, which has been in the, in the factory segment, in the, in the blue-collar segment. These are the people who voted for President Trump in 2016 hoping that this would happen. So how do the Democrats believe? What unicorn are they consulting that uh, – what – how do they believe that suddenly these same people are going to come out and decide they're going to vote for people who would roll back any of these initiatives? How, how, how is it possible that they would uh, think that that would happen? How is it possible? Now, are there some people who have expressed regret voting for President Trump? Uh, maybe, but who are they? Uh, who are those people? Who voted for Trump in 2016? Who now regrets it? I know there are plenty of people who voted for Hillary who, who now regret it. I think there are f- plenty of people who took the risk 
especially from the people who were the blue collar guys and and some of the people who formerly voted Democrat. I know there were a lot of people out there who uh, who took the risk and voted for President Trump and are now pleasantly surprised. I'd love to I'd love to do a poll of people who voted for President Trump and find out who's extremely happy, who's not happy, and and who is pleasantly surprised. And I will guarantee you that there are a ton of people who are going to be voting in the midterms who are pleasantly surprised. And if you're pleasantly surprised, are you going back to, after, after deciding to take a, a risk and vote for President Trump, even though you're a Democrat or even though you're kind of an independent? Do, those, do they really think those people are going to go uh, back to the polls in the midterms and vote Democrat all of a sudden? Yeah, I'm really happy, pleasantly surprised, and so now I'm going to vote for a Democrat who will summarily go in and uh, stall any Trump initiatives or roll them back. No, of course not. There's, 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 uh, there's no one out there, and just, just use your, just use your common sense. There's no one out there who's going to, to do that, whether or not Michelle Obama. And Barack Obama are out there blathering on. Uh, and here's the only thing that's really going to really going to affect uh, things. And, and this is just a basically a, uh, a. A. Example of how we could possibly run into some problem regarding uh, voter turnout. You have to understand, and Republicans have to understand, that you have to get out there and vote. You, 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 you can't and, – and again, I think that Republicans now and, and Democrats who voted for um, – uh, uh, wait, Paul says there's a museum dedicated to the Lubin brothers in the smokehouse. Huh, check that out. But, but if, you are, if you are a person who's a Democrat who voted for President Trump – or just an independent voter for President Trump, uh, I believe you're still highly motivated to get out there and vote again. This uh, the, 2016 wasn't that long ago, and in a matter of two years, the GDP has grown exponentially, much to the uh, it, it flying in the face of all the predictions. Black unemployment is the lowest it's been uh, in history. Hispanic unemployment is below 5%, which is a historical low as well. We have receipts flying into the uh, U.S. government coffers thanks to the tax breaks and, and, and tax cuts that have created more jobs and more profits for our companies. So you're seeing all this down the line. And so, again, um, it'll come out to, okay, so will there really be a – uh, a independent or a democratic voter for Trump coming staying at home and and letting the old days come back this quickly no way but the key is making sure they get out there and making sure people get out and vote that's that's going to be the real key because believe me democrats are, uh, who are hateful spiteful and who are sore losers uh, they're going to be out there in droves. That's what usually happens in any uh, administration where you have a very active president. It happened in, in Obama with Obama in 2010. Obama was like 2008. He comes in. He's fairly radical. 
He's got a radical agenda. And uh, there are some Americans who got buyer's remorse. Everybody has a sense of buyer's remorse sometimes. It happened with, uh, with Reagan as well. And so they go in and try to recorrect or, or correct what they did. But who really wants to go and correct what they did now? Democrats ought to be running away with this election, and they're not. Claire McCaskill, 45, Josh Hawley, 45. I happen to believe that there are some people who believe that that's bad for Claire McCaskill. Maybe. I think it's, I think given all the, that the destruction that she's overseen, uh, I think actually the numbers are, 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 are bad for Hawley. And I know it's a midterm, and that's always dicey, but it's also a Senate seat. And Hawley ought to be doing a lot better than he's doing right now. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not wishing ill on him. I'll, I'll vote. I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to. I'm going to go out there uh, in November and, and vote for Josh Hawley. I'll do it. But he ought to be doing better uh, with with uh, in this in this race. He ought to be doing better, but he's not. And the, the Democrats think Clara should be doing better, but uh, you know, she's not. Michelle Obama was out there, though. She was, uh, she was, um, Howdy, folks. she was, uh, on the campaign trail this time, uh, in Las Vegas. And about 2,000 people showed up for her to get, get out there and, uh, and razzmatazz the, the crowd. Nevada residents to get fired up, no matter how committed, discouraged, or out of control they might feel during a rally for her When We All Votes National Week of Action in Las Vegas. Obama is the founder and co-president of the nonpartisan organization, which aims to help people register and vote regardless of political affiliation. While her speech did not reference President Donald Trump or Republicans, she did speak about her own disappointment with the political climate. I am sick of all the chaos and, and the nastiness. Of- yeah, you mean, the, you mean the chaos that we had to go through with your, your uh, dumb husband that we had to deal with? You mean all, all that chaos that was created? Uh, the, the only chaos, dear heart, is the, the, the chaos among you sore losers. Now, now, now that's chaos. In your minds and in your heads, the chaos is in your is in you. It's so funny. I mean, I was just thinking about this. You remember when Hillary's like, "Oh, we need to re re this country is in in terrible shape. We need to redo the electoral college, and this is terrible." I compared it to the Cleveland Indians after being defeated by the Chicago Cubs, declaring that baseball is in chaos. You know, you know, after after the Cubs beat him, can you imagine the Cleveland Indians going, we need to rethink what we're doing in baseball. Baseball is very chaotic now. And I was like, no, it's not. You lost the World Series. I mean, and that's what this is all about. So it's easy for all these sore losers to go out there and go, boy, this country's in chaos. I don't know. Ask ask your neighbor whether they feel that this country is in chaos. It's chaotic for you because you lost and you and you and you don't understand how to how to accept the results of an election. So yeah, you, in your mind it's chaos. So pop some Xanax and shut your your pie hole because it's going to be a long next six years for you. Sorry, but it is. 
So you either ought to, ought to jump off a bridge and, and spare us your, your anxious, sore losing uh, blathering or get with the program. That's all. Is that too much to ask? Our politics. The former first lady went on. To- yeah, politics is our politics is so divisive now. Why? Because because uh, I'm not there anymore. And uh, Hillary Clinton lost. It's like, yeah, OK, gotcha. E- everything's so everything is so divisive and so chaotic and terrible, but only for the people who lost the election, only for the people who are out uh, marching in the streets with their vagina hats. Though that, yeah, it's, it's chaos. All right. But yeah, Michelle's out there like crazy, baby. Warn voters that when they don't vote, they are allowing people to make decisions for them and wind up with a government of, by, and for other people. Her Las Vegas rally <laughs> came just days before National Voter Registration Day. And according to one analysis by ABC News, Democrats would need to win at least 24 seats to gain a majority in the House, where at least 41 Republicans are planning to retire, resign, or run for another office. What? Resign? No, nobody's planning on resigning that, that I know of. And, and are you kidding? 24 seats in Congress to take over the House. That's not going to happen. The, 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 there are not going to be 24 Democrats defeating 24 Republicans. It's not happening in the House. And it sure is... Crap is not going to happen in the Senate. So I don't know what these people are thinking. And it's all based on – it's all – that the reality is all based on the people who uh, – and that's why we need to make sure that we remind people who we know of in the trades and in the unions and in manufacturing. and it just, They need to get out there because it's not going to be enough to sit back and, 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 and enjoy the, the love that we're seeing Trump get, like, for instance, in Springfield on Friday, which was an epic outpouring of support there. Uh, we, we can't rely on that love if it's, if it's, if it's not in the, in the polling places. And so these people have to get out there and, and have to uh, vote because these goofballs on the left are, have a lot of money and they're very, very highly motivated. But right now, even we're seeing that Demo- this is not a sure bet for the Democrats, even though, you know what, it should be. The blue wave uh, was supposed to be this thing that was a- an accepted thing. And, oh, yeah, sure, because every year, every other year, every off year, the other party, if they elect a president from Democrats, Republicans take over. Republicans, Democrats take over. That's not going to happen. And by the way, if 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 it does not happen, you you think that I, I guarantee you, uh, the day after the election, I am gonna and we all are gonna we're gonna rub your noses in it so hard. It's gonna be so humiliating for you, and I don't want to be mean about it, but you know uh, we we put up with your crap for a long long time, and we put up with all of your garbage for a long long time. And this victory is going to be sweet, but we got to get out there because if, if somehow, some way I'm wrong, which, uh, well, in my predictions, I'm, I'm rarely, I'm rarely wrong. The one thing I was definitely wrong on 
was the um, Wesley Bell, uh, Bob McCullough race. I was def- definitely wrong on that because I was like, I was like the Democrats were with President Trump. I was like, there's no way that he's gonna he's gonna win. Come on! And then suddenly it was like a big surprise. So I was wrong on that one. But in terms of my predictions, I haven't been wrong before. I mean, a lot. Let's put it that way. I was right about the big dog. Yes, I was. Hey, Deputy Wellness, Eric Deputy, DeputyWellness.com. Thanks a ton, buddy, for your support of the show. Run through all my fine people here. Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD. They're lending operation millions of dollars available with mortgage rates in the threes right now your share of lower rates, cash out, home values going up. It's part of the Trump economy now. Pay off the high interest rates, eliminate that PMI, fix up your home. Low interest money at your disposal. If you don't know how much you have, Golden Oak will give you a free mortgage checkup. They'll qualify you right over the phone. You can skip two months of mortgage payments. And if they can't close your loan, the appraisal is no charge. No charge. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. Let Golden Oak Lending cure your blues, people. Come on, now. Don't forget our happy hour, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Thursday, 5 o'clock. Our County Brown Barbecue guys will be out there. Glazers will be giving us a bourbon tasting and Mike and Shannon will roll out the red carpet for you, cigars and all for the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour yes indeed thank you to Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME thank you to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com thank you Dr. Naputi thank you Tracy and Rick Ellis TracyEllis.com for all of your home buying needs don't forget, you go to their website they got a number for me, you can call me on my phone. I'll set you up with them. Yes, I will. And they'll, they'll personally handle your loan or your, um, your your home buying experience. They'll personally handle it. Yep. That's how they do it. 314-309-0704. That's my number if you don't want to go to the website. 314-309-0704. Yeah, people, check it out. 309-0704. I'll connect you right to them. Rick and Trace will personally handle your home sale, your home purchase, your business sale, your business purchase, whatever it happens to be. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Loving you. RadioFreeAlman.com. Check it out. Have a good day.